0: Welcome everyone to Davo's Fingers episode 104, Snow Castles with Misa. I'm scatty and with me as always is my buddy Matt. Hello my friends. And with us for the first time is our friend Misa.
1: Hi guys.
0: <laughs> That's right, Blood Rider since the days of
2: yore. Like, do you remember when you started listening to us? Was it, I know it was early.
1: Like, uh, I want to say four or five. Five years ago, it might have been longer yeah, than that.
2: My goodness! I want to say, like, yeah.
1: I think I was in. I think you guys were, were maybe in the early twenty episodes with Brooke.
2: Yeah, dang! So Misa's our queen of gifts and beauty. Uh, you've heard of her. If you're on Twitter, you know who she is. Uh, we love her for timely, suggestive, scathing, enriching gift responses. <laughs> Always make a smile. Beautiful, kind persona, of course, as well. Uh, and and uh, yeah, so. You know, we call you Misa on Twitter. Should that be what we call you here? I yeah, it's actually been
1: a nickname I've had since high school. Actually, one of my best friends gave it to me, so it's actually what I respond to in real life or in person.
2: Even before you knew that Danny would be called Misa, even before I got to that point, That's way crazy. before that
1: girl okay. stole it from me. No, no, she really didn't. Though, <laughs> Germ had it way before I did. <laughs>
2: All right. Um, our first episode, right, Scad, in this new series that we're doing on Davos Fingers called Meet the Kalasar. That's right. Which we're inviting, as we've done here tonight, one member of the Kalisar to join us. We want to learn about their lives. We want to talk principally about their favorite chapter in A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, you know, learn about how they came to the series, all that fun stuff. Uh, so keep listening and uh, to meet more members of, of our little Davos Fingers, A Song of Ice and Fire family.
0: Yeah, we're we're really excited for this for this series of episodes. But I know there are people like Micah and others out there that are saying, What about the what episodes? I like those! Uh, we liked doing them too, um, and we're going to continue with that format uh, on our Patreon program, so uh, check that out. Uh, we've got a whole new Patreon release schedule that Matt put together, um, and we are more organized and more together on the Patreon delivery side of things than we've ever been, so check it out um you can uh, check out what episodes we'll be continuing our films get fingered section uh, and also going with our coverage of uh, i am mercury the series by grant Piercy, which actually we just released our first episode of just this week
2: yeah riot at yorkville which is book one have you had a chance to pick that book up yet misa
1: i haven't it's on my list though i really do love grant he's so funny on twitter
2: He's one of the world's great people. Um, and it was so much fun covering that first book. Scott and I had such a blast doing it. Uh, and uh, so hop on and join the party there. You can grab that. Um, not just talking to me, so I'm talking to everybody. You can grab Riot at Yorkville, actually for free uh, on Amazon for Kindle. But the complete omnibus, which is all nine novellas, is like, Four ninety nine, five bucks in U.S. dollars. Yeah, so just grab it and and go with it. So we're gonna keep covering it,
0: and we're gonna have a fun time doing it. So. That's right. Yeah, I, I mean it was it was a blast to do. I, I was I was pretty nervous. Um, you know, we've done this long enough, Matt. That I don't really get nervous that much, but mm-hmm. because, I think because it was someone we knew that like we knew he could listen and give feedback about our. We don't have to worry about it with George. He's not gonna ever come listen to our stuff. But you know, Grant, if we talked to him daily almost and so there was some some nerves about that also covering you know some material that from a different author was different but i don't know about you but when we fell into it it just felt normal felt good
2: yeah good man um yeah it's it's kind of weird we talk to these people daily we probably talk to you misa at least a couple times a week but yet we've never talked like this before and so it's
1: I this know, I've never cool. been able to interact with you guys. I've always been at work and missed Google Hangouts because I work for the man. Yeah.
2: Guys, you will not find a more dedicated, motivated person than Misa in terms of her future. Like 4.0 GPA or close to it. Um, graduate school, just killing it at Holding life. Holding down so.
0: jobs too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: don't do oh, it scab- guys it's stressful don't, don't <laughs> you just don't follow in, in my footsteps, this, old,
0: <laughs> this old dog learned a new trick six years ago in podcasting I don't have any more in me I couldn't go back to school I tried at this point
2: oh my gosh I cannot imagine that and like re-entering the dating pool just oh God. like terrify me oh if God. that were to ever happen it won't don't, it don't won't. do it but, oh my gosh terrifying. Just, like, it just sounds like the worst most stressful terrible thing in the world no that... just
1: just don't do it in general <laughs> <laughs> just uh, stay home and watch tv I'm or pr- <laughs> continue being dedicated on your podcast oh my god that sounds horrible like just thinking yep. about it makes me anxious like like i really want to go back in the dating pool or get on freaking tinder no thanks
0: uh, yeah <laughs> i don't even yeah, yeah. is that that's a, that's pretty much how it's done for everyone now right is the dating apps yeah like that's i mean unless you really
1: want to that... get in on christian mingle
0: well even that's a dating app. I mean d- does anyone ever find besides dating I, I went to BYU, that's apps? kind of the same thing. Scad,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you what are you watching these days, Scaddy?
0: Uh well Shits Creek Shits Creek is, is on Netflix the final season. So uh, oh my gosh. we're trying to space that out because we don't want it to end. Uh, Good luck. Eowyn and I I watched it. First, and I kept trying to convince Eowyn to watch it and, um, and she finally did and so now we're, we're watching the last season together Bly House just came out too uh, a few weeks ago The Good Place also got added to Netflix a few weeks ago I feel like Netflix just dumped everything I wanted uh, right, at, right at once so trying to catch up on all those things um, also not watching but uh, those of you that uh, are Marvel fans check out Black Widow uh, my sister's penning black widow now sold everywhere you can find comics pretty much and uh, kelly
2: thompson's a freaking queen man
0: she's pretty great don't tell her i said that she
1: vibes uh, i like it i've read a couple of things of hers yeah oh, you have good yeah Oh, that's awesome uh
2: what uh what am i listening to these days thanks for asking yeah uh, guys. matt what are you watching uh, these days <laughs> uh, sorry scad were you
0: done i was totally done yeah okay i'm just shaking my head because that's the worst transition i've ever failed to give you uh the
2: new deftones album you deftones fans scad you're not into deftones i can't imagine you really like a deftones misa not really what no they just put out a new album there first in a long time super good oh that's good um I, uh, we put down here Matt's recommendations. I'm recommending vitamin C right now. I've been inside a lot, and just getting outside feels really good. Uh, also, and that's I vitamin finished... D, boo. <laughs> you are exactly right. But you know what? And take now them all. I feel like in it, if it's got, I like take all vitamin your vitamins, it, all the B's. I have, all I have all the been, been. I have been drinking my vitamin L juice try and try it. Feels try good try too. It. Yep. So get get, get been some
0: drinking potassium. My juice. We need
1: good. that. Eat your bananas, y'all.
0: Vitamin <laughs> V. That one has some alternate side effects. You might appreciate. She <laughs> <That's
2: what sighs> said, <laughs> "Fitting right in. Oh, this is this is gonna go so well.
1: <laughs> this might actually I... take us the full amount of time I have limited listed on this meeting.
0: <laughs> well, <clears throat> let's get hey, to it I've, then. So,
1: so vitamin w- vitamin C and D are necessary. Yes, people.
2: This is this is good stuff. Education. I finished the Clone Wars, sort of." I put an asterisk next to that because I finished the episodes that Aaron suggested I watch and they were great. After all the grief I, did did watch watch I gave you, I haven't
0: even watched out. the latest season. Yeah. That's on it's... Disney Plus so Remind me who Clone went Wars off
1: season. on Anakin Skywalker the other day.
0: Oh, that was me. Well, I went uh I went <laughs> that off on Thread was pure gold. Oh thanks. Uh yeah, I mean it was it was about about Clone Wars and Anakin's arc and how Clone Wars really helps with Linking the second and the third films and right, why yeah. Attack of the Clones gets shit on so much and shouldn't and doesn't deserve it, but people sometimes it does. But,
2: but thank you. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> Matt hates Attack of the Clones. What, uh, what are you into right now, Misa? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, besides reading way too much for school, um, I've actually started Cobra Kai. It took me a while yes. to get into I'm on on season two episode I think two or three right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm on the fence about Sam and I'm hoping she has more redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. Oh
3: mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. oh okay.
0: No, I just I I'm so bad with character names. Like I I know all the characters, but the names I lose them. Which Daniel's one's daughter. Oh okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, we'll just put that. She's She's
1: fine. <laughs> she she's cool i i guess but she gets to do people.
0: i think she gets to do more in the second season that's right yeah so
1: you and i'm not this is not to knock her in any way it was just a very like affluent upbringing and then super judgmental when other people didn't have a similar background or understanding of your understanding of karate like mm-hmm. Or you're even financial security. So that was kind of my issue. Then she's just kind of pouts a little bit like, oh, okay. I'm hoping you grow
2: a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. So basically she's a teenager. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like,
1: she's she's a typical teenager, which sounds messed up from like a 30, 30-somethings perspective. You're just sitting here like, stop being such a jerk. Stop being exactly. such a jerk. Stop stop giving that face. I'm like, I'm giving Ew. that face to her. How about, how about I take it down a notch?
0: <laughs> I mean, we did that same thing in the Song of Ice and Fire all the time. With She's 11, Skad. She's young. 11. She's 12. That's what used to say about Santa Oh my god,
1: that's that's the whole... this. That's the whole thing with Sansa. She's like twelve. Get yeah. over it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She she made choices, man. Okay. Uh,
2: we're gonna get into um, another underage is that your character is that your defending and... is that your defending Sansa voice?
1: <laughs> Excuse me. She's twelve. She's thirteen. How dare you? <laughs> Let's see. Um, what else am I? Um, I'm rewatching the Mandalorian because it does start next week.
0: Me too. Next week. we're, not, we're not gonna make it. Me three. We tried.
1: I I've uh, actually. And I know you. We had this whole conversation one time about Baby Yoda. Oh, And I just I, I love I love that little Heffer. I do. What else am I watching? I'm um, rewatching The Good Place. I loved that show so much. Um, what else? Okay. I always rewatch New Girl and The Office. Yeah.
2: Schmidt and Nick have got to be one of my favorite relationships in all of television ever. They're just
0: fantastic. Yeah, good. Schmidt's
1: hilarious. Absolutely.
0: All right. Um, yeah, let's let's get into this new format. We're gonna so we're gonna half start an hour later. Yeah, we, it's the best part of the episode sometimes. Yeah, uh, yep. We're going to uh, hew pretty close to the chapter itself when we get there. But first, we're gonna dive uh, dive into Misa herself and see what drives her and how she found the fandom and learn a little bit more about her uh, specifically. Uh, but there how will deep be are we going? Oh goodness. That's oh, I'm what, blushing now. That's what she said, except I can't figure out the logistics. Uh,
1: she did but, say it,
3: though.
0: <laughs> it's true. But there there will be spoilers, I'm sure, about other Song of Ice and Fire stuff outside of just this Sansa chapter as well. So be prepared for spoilers. Anything goes.
2: Yeah, and you can know where to find us, guys. We're all over the place. Uh, Davosfingers.com. We are Davosfingers at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle, where we're always hanging out, is at Davos Fingers. We're on Facebook, too. And we talked about Patreon a little bit. You can learn more about our Patreon program at patreon.com slash Davos Fingers.
0: And Misa, where can people find you?
1: Um, Twitter. I I live on Twitter, basically. So, at Misa, M-I-S-S-A, 415. You can find me there. I'm there 22 hours a day, seven days a week.
0: (laughs) It's It's a great follow. If you're not following Misa, please do, at the very least, your... Uh, your mean game will go up through the roof. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's a lot of self-deprecating humor at this point. <laughs> uh, a little too guy. much politics, probably, and a whole lot of talking with the fingers, Matt and Scad. Yep. That's
0: right. Yep. All right. Well, let's let's get right into it. So, who are you? What do you do? What drives you? What do you do with your spare time?
1: this question sounded like a, a dating app so i was like i'm 32 years old. young omnivore sagittarius that likes long walks on the beach and sunsets i do and enjoy Mulan. chocolate
0: apparently whether i like the dating apps or not i have a future job if i need one so when questions. you
1: asked me that i started laughing and i was so prepared to do that i was like and i had to throw in well, the omnivore sagittarius <laughs>
0: Omnivore. That's a, that's <laughs> yep. a straight no from yep. the vegan crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: yeah, Misa. What? Tell us about life right now. What's Oh my gosh, what's the world uh, of Misa.
1: The world of Misa consists of the four walls of her bedroom at this point because of uh, the pandemic. Mm. But, outside of the pandemic, I typically would be at school studying. I'm in a master's program at Blank Blank University in the Department of Sociology <laughs> with a emphasis on social psychology, pop culture, and gender and racial inequality as it pertains to media and technology, which is just a long-winded way of saying, I really love being on the internet and I really like watching television and movies.
0: Well, I think you're bringing a lot more depth to it than that. <laughs>
1: Um, other than that, I like to – I really do actually like going to the beach. I live – No. <laughs> short, do you walk, like walking a on it? Walks on it? Because there's... Short walks. Can I take a long walk off a short pier, please? Thanks. <laughs>
2: um,
1: no, I really do like going to the beach because I grew up near one, so that smell – I know you guys have gone – that smell of like that mm-hmm. salty air is really – Something that brings me back to childhood and kind of calms me and soothes me, so I do like going to the beach. uh I don't know if you guys have ever been to where I live. Um, I was actually born in where San you live, so,
0: um, I was born. In it San Jose. does get
1: really foggy out there, so or out here. So seeing the sunset sometimes takes a little traveling because you have to get out of the fog pocket.
2: Gotcha. Uh, fog pocket. A I, I call the band name. <laughs> Fog pocket. <laughs> that sounds awful.
1: I thought it, our pocket. band name was going to be Salination. Salination?
0: Sal- something.
2: Salination. Salination D- Squad. Salination, Salination squad. squad. Yep. This is all um, Twitter DMs. Press. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Ladies. Inside jokes. Inside jokes. Gentlemen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, you know, tell us, you, know, you spend a lot of time consuming media, Misa. Uh, yeah. Bands, artists, movies, books. Tell us.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah. for a long time, I actually was trying to stay away from listening to a lot of music because of school. Cause I, I dived yeah. deep, but the pandemic has brought me back to mm. this, um, I call sad boy music and it's sad boy R and B mostly. And so I've been getting really into, uh, Tanashi, Janae Aoki, or, no, Janae Aiko, excuse me. That's not her. Oh, Janae Aiko. Um, LMI, Masego, mm-hmm. And a lot of like 90s R&B and hip hop. So I've been diving deep into a tribe called Quest and the Roots again.
2: Wow. (laughs) Tribe is number two for me, right under Nas.
1: And then um, I recently like refound or like rediscovered Pop Goes Punk albums. So a lot of the covers of like pop music in the mid 2000s. Until like uh-huh. the 2010s, all those covers that a lot of punk artists did and punk bands did. Huh. So I'm just been listening like, a, who was it? Somebody did uh, Adele "Hello," and I thought it was a really good cover. I heard
0: <laughs> that one. That's awesome. <laughs> I so that's,
1: heard that one. Um, I feel that's right. a lot sometimes, of what I've been listening.
0: To. Sometimes with music, I feel like I live in some sort of time warp, because I, I would guessed that that Adele didn't even, well, I don't want to say exist, but that she didn't get big until like 2010. Like, I have no concept of, like, actual music time.
1: Why yeah. did I have see a meme recently? They're like, oh, 20 years ago is still 1980s to me. <laughs> and I was like, it is. who's in my brain? <laughs> I did
2: that just tonight. We were watching... Um... The Great Pumpkin Patch, Charlie Brown, with the kids, just right before this, and I was like, "Oh, this came out in 1966, so like 40 years ago." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not 40 years ago. No. Nope,
3: nope. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, that's so. I've definitely been in that time loop as well, and I don't know how. I gotta call Doctor Strange and tell him to like, you gotta stop this because I need to be end up to date. Up. Can you yeah. end your this time loop
2: thing? Please. Yeah, let's just finish this. Just thing end up.
1: this time loop, please. <laughs>
2: What's your favorite movie? (laughs) I'm
0: through the bargain.
1: Okay. Um no, so I I go through multiple phases and then I have to genre them. Mm, So if I'm feeling like very classic, I will go with The Godfather and The Godfather 2.
3: Dang.
2: Nice. So if Scat's a fan. And so like
1: just just the energy of what is it i think it's henry the seventh or henry the eighth like what heavy is the head that wears the crown
0: uh that's lear i think
1: lear oh shit i'm way off with my shakespeare bah, bah.
0: i'll probably um, I'll, I'll probably end up being wrong but i think it is
1: look that up later sorry guys um, yeah, we do this so all that the whole time. energy that those movies portray are is very it's a very deep thought you don't realize how much leadership affects people emotionally so those are a big one then i go really deep into like pop culture classics and back to the future is probably one of my favorite movies which is why i did the biff quote earlier You're as Thank useless you as so a much. screen door on a battleship. A, a yes. battle it's stuff. a submarine. <laughs> um, why don't you make, you make like a, make a tree, tree, and tree out and get out, get out. <laughs> So I love those movies <laughs> a lot. And I can watch even the third one. Like Marty!
0: Oh, I like the third <laughs> one a lot. Maybe better than the second one. We watched the second one as a family just earlier this week um while we're on vacation Th- those movies they held up really well and they're they're really suspenseful they really are yeah the second one
2: starts off really great and then yeah, i don't love i don't like the second act yeah or third it, act at all yeah right. you're just like but,
1: but are we also living in it because the whole yeah. background of biff was supposed to be based on donald trump i was like
2: it's very timely. are we
1: <laughs> i was like maybe very maybe spielberg timely. was right
0: <laughs> uh i did a so quick I, check and it was handed the fourth part too my bad oh, so,
1: so we're me. we're all we're all, terrible. we're all
0: way off i didn't even guess
2: so i feel like i came out of that one unscathed
1: we're we're zero for two. Zero,
0: yeah let's leave shakespeare to uh shakespeare also Thrones. a normal night
2: for scat and i um,
1: and then uh let's see then i go disney mm-hmm. and like disney pixar like their, those their are animated stuff movies. or
0: other disney stuff
1: uh, classics. I I'm I loved Cinderella. All right. And... Like my family
0: watched mm-hmm. Swiss Family Robinson the other day, and that's not... oh my that's... gosh, whoa, scan. It was not. Great. You went there. Uh, Mary Poppins
1: is amazing, and Julie Andrews is beautiful.
0: True, and she will, really is.
1: Yeah. I will fight somebody who says differently.
0: <laughs> I don't, it's um, not gonna go no, no, here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no fight. No but what about books?
0: We know you like Song of Ice and Fire, but uh, what's your um, other kind of needle movie? A Song
1: of Ice books? and Fire is probably the dearest books that I have in general. Like they hold so much to me. Mm-hmm. and mainly because I think of the fandom, because I've gotten so heavily involved with the fandom and especially with you guys yeah. that it holds up a special place in my heart like the whole series. Um, it becomes more than
2: books, right? It's be, it's like beyond the story. yeah, I've, I've talked Scott about that before that like it,
1: yeah and it's just like the fun play that because Gurm hasn't finished them yet that we're allowed to have with them. It's all so, the tin it's so foil, unique, isn't it? Yeah, no, I just I love that it it gives so much and also doesn't answer enough at this point be, so people can go off tangent and find these nuggets and yeah. put together these theories. That it's allowed for such an enriching community. Um, But I also like The Mists of Avalon, which is the feminist theory or feminist version of King Arthur. So I liked all that stuff. Really? That's a book
2: series? It's just one. It's just one? Yeah, The Mists of
1: Avalon. I I think they did like a TV movie or TV short series like back in the 90s.
2: Huh. By well, Marion Zimmer Bradley. You mm-hmm. should
1: check that out. Looks cool. It's a thick read. I'm not gonna lie. You have to take it in doses. Mm. Um, what else? I'm really into like uh, older manga, so I am kind of an anime nerd. Nice.
0: I nice. like a
1: slice of life and very like 90s, early 2000s. Um, mm-hmm. So I liked Cowboy Bebop. Oh. I liked Nana, which is. Uh, so unfortunately, the manga artist she got sick and she never finished the series. She kind of—it's just on like been a high on a hiatus for a while now. Yeah. Um, let's see. We don't what?
2: talk about those types of situations here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's too real. We never talk about
1: situations like that in A Song of Ice and Fire, it's ever. Too real. It's too close to home. <laughs> um, let's see. What? I think those are really it right now for me because I just. The reading for grad school is pretty hefty, so unless you want to hear about yeah. classical sociological mm. theorists and philosophers,
0: nope, I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> I, I, bar- I barely do. I'm kind of interested, but but probably not now. All right, let's let's get back to Song of Ice and Fire. What uh, what is so? I I mean I think I can guess the answer based on the chapter we're covering. But who's your favorite character, Song of Ice and Fire, and why?
1: Actually, it's the trifecta of women. It's Daenerys, Arya, and Sansa. All right. They're my three favorite characters because they represent three different facets of life in general. Like, you have Dany with immediate hardship. She was taken away from her homeland. She had to escape or be assassinated. Grew up with somebody who was physically and emotionally abusive, Mm -hmm. yet still strives for home. And then this evolution of a young woman who has nothing but a name to become something so much grander out of just fortitude and strength, Hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. which
1: reflects in Arya and Sansa as well. You have two girls who grew up in the same house They're the same coin, but just two different sides of that that coin. And Sansa learns uh, what Brienne talks about a woman's armor, what Catelyn taught her about courtesy and being uh, pristine and very kind and caring as a way to protect yourself. And Arya has true wolf's blood is what they call her, and the fact that she wasn't about to learn that. And Ned kind of allowed that to be nourished that energy, that raw, what people may call masculine energy, to be nourished and honed in. And then she holds on to that wholeheartedly when you think about how her arc goes. Like, I'm stark, true, and true needle was her connection so sword play and then becoming this possible elite assassin coming forward of course. so these yeah. are just like three facets of women that I truly enjoy not to knock any of the other women in A Song of Ice and Fire they're all wonderful and I do think Grimm has done a pretty good job of writing mm-hmm. women like it's mm-hmm. not the greatest but for having multifaceted characters that have such layers and dimensions to them is what I appreciate about them. And they're all learning on how to cope with the world around them in different ways.
2: All growing. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. What a wonderful answer. answer. What a thoughtful answer. answer. (laughs) Jeez. Who, uh, Who do you love to hate? Like for me, for me, I love to hate Jamie because I love the written character, but I hate him as a as a person. So who? uh, who, How about you?
1: Cersei Lannister. Oh, God. You just. (laughs) you, You. You.
2: Yeah, that's the response.
1: Want to know what's going on in her head? Because you're just like you're you're a key player in this whole situation. You are a key player in the Game of Thrones. You think you are so smart. You think you are so cunning. You think you are. I was are gonna the say cats just me ask her. Out.
3: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
1: But home girl surrounds herself with yes men. Yep. Not realizing that her dad and Kevin were trying to give her quality tips. Like, girl, this ain't it. And anytime you have to read such disgusting language like mirish swamp, you're like close the book.
2: <laughs> George, come on,
1: <laughs> close the book. Thank you, Girl. Thank you. Um, but you just you. She's psychologically like writing somebody so imbalanced and uh-huh. also obsessed with power and prophecy at the same time. You're like Danny is similar in this way. But she took it a different way. Like, that's you have to think that's Danny's House of the Undying, this obsession with what Quaith says. These are obsessions with prophecy that Danny, you can say that Danny has in a similar fashion with what happened with Maggie the Frog and Cersei mm-hmm. so long ago, where she's like, there's gonna be a queen that comes after me. What's gonna happen? I have to take down every female that comes even into my realm. Is it Danny? Is it Marjorie? Is it Sansa? Is it some unknown person? Cause Gurm likes to throw these things out here. You know, like they do have this weird obsession with power and prophecy that you kind of see there's a connection, but Cersei just takes it to a whole never level. And also mm-hmm. my last like vitral like disgust with her is how she treats her children, yeah, especially cool. Tommen. Like, like an afterthought. Tommen's such a wonderful, like, he's not even, he's not even, like, in a teenager yet. He's just this cute kid who really likes cats. And not you're even close, yeah. He's, I think he's nine.
3: Yeah.
2: Something like, like that. He's
1: yeah. like eight or nine. He's, like, not even ten. Like, he's yeah. not even a decade he's, old yet. And you're going to sit here Brand, and, for sure. yeah, you're going to sit here and be upset with him over such... Because he's not Joffrey, even though you didn't want Joffrey, like even you're like Joffrey, jo- Joffrey can't be controlled. <laughs> but now I want the like what vigor and anger that Joffrey had. So I'm gonna make you watch somebody get whipped. Like I'm gonna give you a whipping, boy. Huh? Yeah. No, like I I just can't. <laughs> it just it's so hard to even find a redeeming quality in Cersei.
0: Yeah, but a you lot of can't people not read. A lot of people with Cersei. I think Matt, even you did in the later discussions uh, in Feast Dance when we were talking about it, kind of defend Cersei and say, "Well, she's doing these things for her kids, and you know she loves her kids just like everyone else does." And Mm. and I think we talked about it, and I don't know that we came to any sort of consensus, but but there's also the sense that she's using the kids as her shield and her reason. That's what we talked about, and she's really doing it for herself.
1: She's
2: convinced her herself that she's doing it yes. for her kids. But, but it's just a shield she's so she can do things yeah.
0: for herself. It, that's if exactly
1: she wants. what it is. She shields herself behind Joffrey and Tommen. She can't I mean, really do it with Marcella, but with let's Tommen. Let's be honest, now, she those can. kids are
0: far too small to use as human shields. you got
1: to let them grow up a few more years. I, mean, I thought you, you meant physically your... for 10 seconds. Like she I did. Pick if, Tom and... if you <laughs> want your did. knees
2: protected, then it's
0: fine.
1: She's going to pick Tommen up and be like, nah, bro. So you got to <laughs> stick Tommen on a
0: chair if you're going to protect against the headshots.
1: It's against arrow fodder. S-
0: yeah. Stack
2: them on top of each other, at least, you know. <laughs> and then, like... Three cobalt like, on, on Joffrey's shoulders. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> oh, the, well, you, here we you, go. You brought... You brought up some some stuff there also about prophecy and I, it's one of the things i really like about this series the way george uses it to drive the plot but also subvert subvert the tropes because because he shows us that, that the prophecies a lot of times are garbage and um you know stannis too is is chasing a prophecy um, you know, it, we, there's prophecy sometimes in the in the the house words. There's just there's prophecy everywhere in these books, and so many of the characters are distracted by them. And what you have to realize is that the character underneath. Sorry, I use the word character a lot in there. The character underneath these people, like what drives them and what what's motivating them and what's moving them forward. It really dictates how they respond to the prophecy, and. Yes. Um, that's one of the things that makes Danny's upcoming arc so interesting. Since you brought her up, because we've all we've all seen, you know where the show went with this, and and you know maybe maybe we'll go into some more vein. Hopefully, hopefully, you can't see, Misa is making the, she's making gagging. vomiting gestures <laughs> the camera, which season by the way, eight. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, we don't usually record with cameras, but we are with Misa today, and I'm so glad we are. Uh, but uh, but one of the things with Danny is that you know despite growing up with with Viserys and uh, you know in the circumstances she did she's kept that heart and she wants to help people and she wants to do good things and and the way she looks at those prophecies is all still positive it's mm-hmm. all still. How, how can I fulfill them and make sure that I'm protecting against being betrayed? Or do I need to go east to make sure that I'm successful? It's still all within the scope of trying to do the right thing for for all these people and to liberate Westeros, which she thinks is you know under a terror reign right now. With is she lying, people. though? No. I mean, it's a matter of perspective. I was talking to my kids exactly. on the way back from our, vac- our vacation this week um, and... And I said, you know, villains don't, most of the time, don't think they're villains. They think they're doing the right thing. I won't <laughs> I won't say who we were talking about at the time, but there's an election right around the corner. And <laughs> uh, and I said, you know, they don't, they don't usually think they're villains. They think they're doing the right thing for, you know, for the right reasons. And, um, you know, Danny thinks she's doing the right things for the right reasons. And she, even if she does end up going through a fate none of us want to see she's going to go into it doing it for the right reasons with that heart that she has. Right.
1: It's just, I love Danny so much, but you're right. It's about um, how these characters psychologically take their prophecies, which is why like I brought up Cersei and Danny, because they all both are like living through these thought processes, like these processes about, about prophecy. And it's about like Cersei using it as a way to protect herself and in doing so, she's ruining the lives around her in order to negate a prophecy. Yes, right. Whereas Danny's trying to figure out how it will benefit her and the people that she, are around her. Yeah. A lot of times, it's like, if I go to these places, is it helping to liberate or end slavery? They, she's. Um, I guess you would say that she's very altruistic in that regard. Yes. Whereas. Cersei is very self-serving.
0: Yep, definitely.
1: So, like, that's I was like, Cersei, man, girl, girl. Made that
2: prophecy connection. That's awesome.
0: Thank you. Yep. Want to lighten it up with a with a cheerier question, Matt? Yeah,
2: I I, you may have already answered it talking about the beach and stuff like this, but my timely pandemic question: what's what's your sunshine right now, especially during the pandemic, Misa? What brings what brings you joy? Besides, of course, I mean paul rudd who's who's our, our guy boo? we're happy to share him it's <laughs> fun. he's a dreamboat. he's,
1: he's, a dreamboat. He really he's the is. cat's meow okay
2: <laughs> his smile slays even my my kids slays have finally days. been turned on to Paul rudd they love the p s a he did of um, where he talks about the this is where I talk and you shut up and wear your mask. My my eleven year old twins watch that video constantly. And when I said, "Do you guys know he's like fifty one years old or something like that?" He's like,
1: no, is he 50? He's, he's, he's like he's in forties, no. right? Like mid late 40s? No,
2: he girl. is in his fifties. Girl,
1: gorgeous girl.
2: Let me get you. An exact I, age. I made a joke 51 with friends. Fifty one years old, nineteen sixty
1: nine. That he's got like Benjamin Button jeans. He really does. He's the key <laughs> to immortality. <laughs> oh.
0: Dude, Tom Tom's the key to everything. Tom basically. Cruise is the one I always use. Like that guy, I think it was like ten years ago, was the post. But like he's now older than than uh the old guy in Cocoon. How old is Tom <laughs> Cruise? I don't even know. Tom Cruise is fifty-eight,
2: you guys. Yeah. Fifty-eight. Yeah.
1: I don't know. That Scientology's catching up with him. <laughs> sorry i hope nobody from scientology hears this and finds me and ruins me to take this out
0: i mean
2: <laughs> they know you live in san francisco they don't know what university you go to
3: but...
2: <laughs> i'm screwed <laughs> they're oh, no. gonna find me <laughs> oh, no.
1: Oh, <laughs> no but man. um i do love paul red i've had a thing for him since clueless uh and Word. I do believe he had his gene pools, probably got <laughs> what every um, cosmetic company wants as far as the key to immortality or reverse aging. <laughs> his secret hyaluronic acid.
0: <laughs> study him. Just study him. Have you guys seen he's that series spit that into this vial, in? Paul? Have Which you guys one? Seen the series that he's in? What the he gets a clone of himself
1: with his clone of himself oh yeah, oh, yeah. i think what was that he... even
0: called i watched that yeah. I, think I don't remember season, it? it's so, only so one far.
1: season but i remember when it came out matt i think you tweeted at me like have you watched this yet and i was like not yet
2: but i will and it's actually pretty dramatic yes i mean he had to dig deep for that role
1: and god yeah he had to pull it off yeah, he pulls it off really good
2: <laughs> Should we get to the chapter? <laughs> let's get to this chapter. So, Misa, we'd love for you to introduce what our chapter is, what chapter you selected for us to talk about today and why you chose it.
1: Okay, so I chose, let's see, Sansa 80 from A Storm of Swords. Uh, I chose this one particularly. I know you guys knew that I was uh, debating between Danny's last chapter in Game of Thrones, and this chapter Mm. for about a week. This one is just so damn meaty. It's got so much in it. It's got Mm. so much. (laughs) So meaty. Um, It just has so much going on, not just like the reveals, but Sansa emotionally. We're talking about Sansa coming out of leaving King's Landing. And entering a new arena, mm-hmm. being learning from Littlefinger, which is Littlefinger and a little thing. Little thing. Mm. But I mean, yeah, is we'll it useful? Will it be helpful? <laughs> and also, this was the end, the last chapter besides the epilogue in A Storm of Swords. So, this is a culmination of things that we're starting to learn and getting a perspective of someone who is growing into herself. She's in a little depressed bubble, but you're learning that she's learning. She's not just the little 12-year-old that went down to King's Landing, Mm -hmm. thinking of fairy tales and singers and hoping that the world would be just as beautiful as she imagined it all would. This is a girl who had those dreams crushed, and we're on the receiving end of that. We're understanding where she's coming from now. And how she's basically coming into adulthood, and so this was just like, and then just all the damn reveals, so oh, good, so it's good. Just
2: one right after the That's other. That's Every sentence there at the end, yeah. It's a great preview. Those last two coming.
1: like minutes, or like yes. last like what, fifteen pages? Since I listened to it Audible, it's like Roy De Those last like two five minutes, you're just like,
3: what? Wait, what? Wait,
1: what? Wait, what?
0: <laughs> this too? What? Yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> Baking powder? Well, let's get to the summary, and then we'll get into some deep, deep analysis, which uh, we've gotten a little preview of there. Uh, deep. We'll go into all of that quite a bit more. So deep. It's just a word I use, you know? Here comes the chapter summary. Okay. While her maid and bedmate rolls over and snuggles in to avoid the chilly morning, Sansa Stark, going by Elaine stone these days, is awake in the pre-dawn. She had been dreaming of Winterfell, her true home, only to awaken instead to the cold confines of the Aeiri, as I say it. It's a dreary place with little in terms of company because, uh, well, besides her sniffling and shaking cousin Robert and the rapey singer Marillion, it's mostly empty because her Aunt Lysa gets rid of anyone who disagrees with or disappoints her or disparages her pet singer, the aforementioned Marillion. (laughs) So gross.
1: It's a hint of winter in the Aries today, though. A reminder of home. It's snowing. An ankle-deep snow has fallen overnight and continues to fall. Our girl Sansa Stark feels right at home again. Rob had melting flakes in his hair when he hugged me, and the snowball Arya tried to make kept coming apart in her hands. It had been the day she left for King's Landing, and the last time she had seen snow. Sansa dressed warmly and adorably, and a white box for a cloak, and headed outside into a winter wonderland.
2: I mean, it's a beautiful scene, and Sansa bathes in it. But amidst all that beauty, she feels sullied. She feels that she's like a stain on the purity of this moment. She feels like she doesn't belong in such a perfect scene. Nevertheless, she persisted. Out into the wonderland, the flakes hit her cheeks, her tongue, and suddenly she's on her knees and making snowballs. But what good are snowballs
0: with no Arya for a target? So she makes a tower instead. Yeah, and more than just one tower. The castle rose and winter fell as Sansa sculpted her childhood home quickly and purposefully. Inner and outer walls, towers, stairs, even a godswood she put in there. Sansa's determined activity draws a crowd. Servants, Maester Coleman, Lysa. Uh, and as Sansa struggles to have solved the problem of collapsing bridges, even Petyr himself shows up. Not to watch... But to, uh, help? Mm. We'll get to just the kind of help he wants to give in a minute. But architecturally, oh, he goodness. gives her hints on the bridges, gargoyles, and even the glass gardens.
1: As the, castle, as the castle comes to completion, Sansa feels more at home, more confident. Peter compliments her smile. She throws snow in his face. And out of nowhere, he steps up and kisses her. It's violation. It's actually a salt. But his breath smelled of mint, and she kissed back, but for a moment, then broke free. What are you doing?
2: Well, let's just say it isn't within Littlefinger to play a hand halfway and fold. Kissing a snowmaid, he replies, and continues for like a, oh, it's so gross, a free and like paragraph to woo her. Sansa is of course aghast at this point, querying about his lady wife, insisting that she could have been his daughter. He continues to flatter her, even going so far as to say that she might even be
0: more beautiful than her mother. Thankfully, her cousin Little Robert tromps onto the scene to block Littlefinger's finger from becoming the bigger finger.
3: <laughs>
0: but I do mean he tromps right into the castle, wrecking it with his little cloth giant toy thing that he carries around. Santa tries to stop him, but in trying to grab... Her, his hand grabs the doll itself and rips its head off. This, of course, sends the fragile Robert into a fit. Maids and servants and maesters try to put him together again, but it's drugs that does the trick. And Kalasar, there's nothing wrong with that. As we've said.
1: A couple, what is it, a couple cups of wine, right?
0: As many as it takes. Gotcha.
1: <laughs> Sansa worries about the punishment she re- may receive from Lysa for causing Robert's rough day. But little does she know she's about to be tried for a different crime. Nevertheless, Sansa is resolved to stand up to her aunt, insisting that she will not wed Robert, even thinking she might marry might rather marry Tyrion. Ugh. Marillion delivers her to Lysa in the high hall, and dressing with her with his eyes the whole way. Probably.
2: Definitely for sure you know it's it's odd to be in the high hall Lysa usually saw people in her solar but here she was marillion had the guards close the doors behind her and asked that no one else be permitted in and it doesn't start well um this conversation between she and her aunt lisa imme- is immediately cold and wastes little time in skipping over the seemingly minor infraction of inducing a fit in her son to focus on the real trouble
0: why did you kiss peter Peter was hers! Yeah. We're not going to mince mince words here. Lysa has constructed an alternate reality in her head based on scant evidence on the words of yes-men, including her husband, who just tells her what she wants to hear. A delusion complex and complete that has led her to an existence where she is a gem. The world to this husband. But it's all been a ruse, a cunning attempt to trick her, and here it comes crashing down on the auburn head of Sansa Stark. Of course Sansa kissed Peter. Why in the world would Peter chase Sansa? Surely he was enticed. Of course it had to be Sansa chasing Peter. Mm -hmm.
1: And this is where it all goes down, true believers. (laughs) Lysa goes on to detail a painful history between she, Peter, and Sansa's mother, Catelyn. One in which Catelyn led Peter on, teasing him, dancing with him, flirting with him. A past in which Peter is infatuated with Catelyn. A a past that led directly to this future in which Peter is infatuated with Sansa. A past that included a night of sex. A night that led to an abortion that Lysa did not want, in fact, begged not to have. This event tied Lysa to Peter for life.
2: And Lysa insists that just like Cat had seduced Peter all those years before... Sansa was doing the same thing now. To her credit, Sansa Sansa continues to deny enticing Peter throughout this harrowing cross-examination. She tries everything to get out, eventually finally says, I won't ever kiss him again or entice him. That's a confession to Lysa. Lysa seizes on it, drags her niece roughly by the arm over to the moon door, while Marillion plays a lively tune to cover up the noise.
0: Yeah, Lysa commands Sansa to open the moon door next, and she does, not seeing many options. And no sooner than she does, Lysa grabs her and starts pushing her toward the door. Do you still want my leave to go? Lysa screeched. Sansa did everything she could to keep from being shoved out the moon door to her death. Merlin kept singing, and Lysa kept pushing, and Sansa kept sliding inexorably
1: toward the expanse. But Peter's here to save the day. He slides in the side door and interrupts the execution, calmly calming Lysa and assuring her that he is hers. Lysa demands that they send Sansa away, and Peter says whatever he can to calm her, to keep Sansa alive. But Lysa is a freight train that cannot be stopped at this point, bringing up the past, even admitting to John Arryn's murder. She's hysterical. Peter promises that he will... He will always be hers. Lysa embraces him. Sansa escapes away from the moon door, thank God. And Peter promises, I've only left one woman.
2: That's right. Only cat, Peter says, and shoves Lysa without ceremony or a seeming thought out the moon door to her grisly death. Peter has Sansa run to let the guards in. After all. They're needed to arrest Marillion for murdering his lady wife.
1: Dun dun chapter. dun. Bah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, oh damn, my gosh, team.
1: so much goes on. A lot. So much goes on in that.
0: A lot. Should we dive into some of it? Should Should we just start with with the real meat of of <laughs> the scene meaty. with Peter when when Peter comes comes to the castle?
2: We when, when Peter there. comes... Uh, okay, yeah. Well, we can start wherever care. you
0: want. But mm-hmm. that's the that's the juiciest bit. <laughs> I'm not one to waste time. Ladies. <laughs> hey, hey.
1: And gentlemen, we'll I be alwe- there.
0: <laughs> I always notice that bored look in her eye.
1: i almost going to spit my water out.
0: <laughs> uh, Timing. <laughs> So let's start with let's start with Peter. How about the fact that, that him, him coming uh, outside to help starts with may I come into your castle my lady? And her response We talked about consent, right? And her response is don't break it. Be gentle. <laughs> I mean holy shit George, fuck off. Right? Creep
1: like creep. I just was like, how slick is this guy? Who did he learn from? Oh, wait, he ran brothels. He heard every line in the book. Okay.
0: <laughs> I mean. Good point. It, the the language is so sexual. Oh and so, goodness. I mean, coming to my castle has long been kind of, you know, a joke about the double entendre, right? But mm-hmm. this is just so blatant. And I know she's 13, but a lot of, a lot of, is she 14? No, she's still 13 here regardless what's what's a couple of months but a lot of my trouble with this whole passage is just how much Sansa does know about what's happening here because she does get she does get braver it mentions somewhere in there that, that she gets mm-hmm. she's got some confidence that she doesn't know where it comes from she's throwing snow in his face she's kind of I wouldn't I don't want to say flirting but she's she's definitely playing with him in a way that's, it's, it, I don't know that, I don't know if she knows where the boundaries are or whether she understands them.
1: Do you the... think she's getting body because of the fact that she's playing the role of a bastard child? And they always talk about how, like, bastards are wanton, they like flirtatious, there's an energy about them because you are a bastard child that she's kind of like latching onto a little bit. It's like, I am Elaine Stone.
0: I hadn't thought of it but that w- that way, but that's that's interesting. I mean, it could be. It could be that she's she's got that sort of subtext that she's been kind of... She's been told all these things growing up, obviously. She's got a bastard brother that grew up with her, so she's heard all these things before. It's possible that's kind of fed into this person she's pretending to be. I also think yeah. that she's... Sorry, Matt, one sec. I also think yep. she's... She really is feeding off the confidence of building winterfell and yes and and it taking her home and giving her a, an inner strength that gives mm-hmm. her the confidence to do this but it still feels i don't know man i'm not i'm not blaming her for what happens or anything but like it feels flirty even the way she's doing it
1: the thing is flirt, flirtation isn't consent like no. you can be fun like and that's where i think she got this like confidence and energy from building winterfell like she says that she basically takes power in the memory of it. Yes. It is who she is. And she, it's kind of like this moment that she gets to re- like reconnect with her starkness. And yes. I feel like that like wolf energy is coming out and he's like, she's like, oh, you want to play this like flirtatious game? I can do it too. Why not? Let's try it out and see what happens. And then seeing what happens is exactly what she did not want to happen. That's, it's that's not consent.
0: that's where I'm going with it is not, not at all that she was giving consent, nor that flirting gives consent, but more that like, why would she even want to be doing that with him? She's disgusted by him. She said that in the past already. That you know his behavior is creepy to her. It's just mm-hmm. it's just an interesting turn that George has taken here that I don't. I, she's growing up certainly, like she's learning these things and you know, learning all the different kind of tools that she has, and so maybe she's just she's playing with them a little bit and, and learning who she is and how she can play this game, and maybe that's part of it. It's it's just a very it struck me more this time when I was reading it than it has in the past.
2: Yeah. She says, uh, yeah, she says, I'm stronger within the walls of Winterfell. Um, that's the quote there. Uh, it says a lot about Peter though, too. Oh, it says a lot about the type of game that he can play. Um, I mean, this is a guy that can go from running brothels and sowing chaos within the nation's capital to being able to sit down with her and, show her how to make little lattice works of tree branches to make little things for the home at Winterfell. I mean, it's like there's those types of people that even though you have a bad vibe about them, you still find yourself kind of wanting to hang out with them at the same time, you know?
1: God, <laughs> his, know. his resume skill section must be beautiful.
2: <laughs> I know, both staff skills. And
0: now, now uh, he's going right back to his office to add lattice work. Uh, twigs to it <laughs> yeah uh, I mean exactly. a, as friend of of the podcast and, and dear gem of a human Chloe is frequently saying get a job little Finger, well architect could be one yeah. he's, he's, all he's one this. of those guys
2: that could do anything. Um, scad I'm thinking of a, of a guy that you and I both used to work with. Um, we won't say his name on the air but he was kind of the, the visionary behind the company that SCAd still works for and that I, I used to work for as well. And he's a guy that, I mean, from creating this incredible software to just like playing Legos, when you have that skill set, you're just brilliant at it, right? And there's a charisma about you that's kind of, it's not addicting, but you kind of want to be around it at times. So,
1: you want to feed off of it, is usually like, what do they say? You want to, there's an energy that Mm -hmm. you want to be near because you kind of either want to learn from it or, Or, like, even see if you can mimic it. And I think... So maybe
0: that's what she's doing. Oh, that's... Yeah. 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 I I, like the way you put that.
1: It's a very, like... I can can learn from this. I can try to see, like, if I can take these talents and put it to good use. I feel like she is... She's listening. She's learning. She did it from Cersei. She did it... She's doing it now with Littlefinger. She's kind of Mm. trying to wade through everything the yes. other thing i was thinking about is it's growth she's a hormonal 13 year old yeah like <laughs> i can't take that away from the fact that she's a hormonal 13 year old so testing the flirtatious waters might be something for her especially because if she thinks she's safe like mm-hmm. she doesn't yeah i think she has
0: That's it's she's huge... wary
1: of littlefinger but yeah. i think she's well aware that her status as the hidden stark is too important for him protects her a little bit
0: or she thinks it does she thinks yeah
1: she or she thought until that very moment right she was like okay i'm a stark like you can't test me like this you can't try to force me to do anything you need me you've already admitting to admitted to needing me the reason i'm in the veil is to be hidden so if I mean you have Lothar Brune protecting me from Marillion like there's yeah. all these things in place that she feels is almost um what do they call it like a it's shielding her mm-hmm. uh, from anything armor. serious happening or possibly rape. So maybe she was just having a little bit of fun testing the waters and then realized, "Oh no, that's that's not how it works with him."
0: Yeah. You're right. right. She she wouldn't she wouldn't talk this way with Marillion. I think you're right, to some degree while she thinks this guy's creepy, maybe, she feels safer with him and God, I mean, it says at the very top of the chapter that she's she's really lonely. You know, she's looking for somebody to relate to and thinks she's this person.
1: This,
0: this yes. And thinks this adult is someone that she can that she can learn from and, you know, maybe practice these skills. On. All right, you've you've con- you've converted me a little bit. Uh, I'm not well, she... converting <laughs> you, I'm
1: just playing a a little bit of a devil's advocate being just being the fact that, like, I can kind of recall being bold between, mm. you know, like a bold teenager. Yeah. Seeing like seeing what could happen, you know, what like,
2: could happen. Yeah. You dip your foot in the water and
1: I'm just testing the waters teenager. and she didn't yeah, realize homeboy was going to bring the whole poof, like pool <laughs> right up to her. That's,
2: this was the this was the alligator and the wildebeest <laughs> thing. Just like <laughs> that's the um, movie, so. whatever they I was either. a terrified teenager.
1: no okay they always say that like uh girls develop faster out of necessity Uh, yeah so Mm. it's one of those things like can i remember being like 15 16 thinking i was even to like even into my 20s thinking how bold i was and how smart i was yeah and she's you know what did they say that like a teenage like teenagehood is a construct that in these in like if you think in feudal times it was like as soon as a female got her period you are a woman, so is yep. this her just kind of like testing her womanhood out a little bit, just yeah. Seeing, yeah. seeing what yeah. happens?
2: I love that. I love that. And you know, Sansa's having a really tough time here. Sorry, Scott, did you have something? No, I, I was going to kind of something I wanted a to different. talk
0: about the kiss too. I don't know if we're going to come okay. back to it, but just okay. just just real quick. I know it feels like I'm just like really creepily owning in on this, but no, uh, not at all. I don't know. I actually, it's it's not the kiss itself. It's it's. It's the boldness that Peter has and what it says about him. I mean, mm-hmm. Marillion's boldness is nothing compared to this. I mean, this is, Peter is, he's a man here that fears zero repercussions about what might happen to him. He gives no shits. He, he thinks he has the situation completely on lockdown. Kind of like, it reminded a little bit of, of Cersei in the Godswood when she goes to meet Ned and she dresses up to like, To please him the way that he would want. And like he basically threatens her. And she still keeps it cool. She doesn't panic. And she executes her plan. She gave no shits either. She knew she kind of had some of the cards. I think Peter... I think maybe he was going to kill Lysa anyway. Sooner rather than later. Mm. And... Yeah. And I'm not saying that he foresaw like the rest of this chapter happening. Or anything going down exactly like this. But like... I think he... He, he's ready to pull this trigger anyway because he yeah, just did not care about getting the, caught
1: he was looking for the opportune moment yeah, for, yeah i was wondering like sh- for sure she wasn't going to last that long
2: i was i was going to ask this question will come up later but i was going to ask if did he already have a plan in place or was he just waiting for the right time and that that opportunity presented itself you don't go kissing someone in in the public place like the gods would If, if you're keeping Lysa around, right, this, it's not happening. Someone like Littlefinger's not going to do that. Even his kind of flippant attitude towards Robert after it all happened, Mm -hmm. he's tramping all over and breaking the cloth doll and stuff. It said Peter just like laughed when Sansa took the giant head and stuck it into the thing. So that whole flippant attitude in that whole scene, 100% leads you to believe Littlefinger had a plan. Maybe he didn't know exactly how he was going to execute it. Maybe he was just waiting for the opportune time. But Lysa's days were numbered, and he knew it already, and was just waiting.
0: I mean, just just to illustrate it a little bit further. I, so I, I've heard it. I've heard it argued in the fandom that that Sansa will be that will that she will be uh, Peter's downfall. That, that she's going to end up being what does him in. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, but you know, the, like I've seen them say, like she she bewitches him here and she will again, and and maybe she did here, and maybe he just lost himself for a minute, but okay. I've been a guy that's lost control for a minute and then, like, recovered and felt recalcitrant and, oh, well, I should have done that and, you know, things like that. He doesn't do that here. He doubles down. Give me your hands. Let me warm them. He's, like, cuddling in and going beyond, going for more. It's This is not a guy that's, like, afraid to get caught at all. There's servants watching. Yeah.
2: They they talk about Lysa could at any moment come to her balcony and look down. Like he didn't care. Yeah.
3: He yeah, he
1: did it care. right in front of his wife's door, like doorway. Like <laughs> this is the balcony. She was just there like yep. five minutes ago. You right. don't think she's still there? Right. He knew exactly what he was doing. He is, uh, in in social science we call it entropy. It's mm. just the full on chaos of the universe. He yes. is the essence of chaos in the universe. Wow. But he's strategic. As well. So are
2: you saying that he strategically kissed Sansa there, knowing that Lysa would see it, and this that is was where the chaos opportunity in his to life. Get her? I
1: think the chaos in his like he wasn't prepared for her. I don't think he was prepared uh-huh. for Sansa at all, and his obsession with Catelyn. Mm. His obsession with Catelyn has clouded everything that he stands for, mm. and I think. Mm because they talk about how gorgeous she was and how much she looked like Catelyn, like she was the reincarnate but more beautiful, he was not prepared to take on his teenage obsession. Like they talk about, um, people talk about when you, even when you get older, you kind of revert and think about when you were young and like how like beautiful a person was when you dated like in high school and you kind of still hold on to these ideals like this first person this first love like you some people compare them constantly he was obsessed with catelyn stark yeah Tell me, uh, to the point that he was willing to fight people and lost a duel with somebody over her knew
2: he was gonna lose yeah and he was yeah.
1: they were like bro Brandon's gonna, <laughs> yeah. Brandon's gonna get you, boo. Like and he it's had to not... know that. Yep. He, and he knew it, yep. but he was so willing. To mm-hmm. still take because he like as it said later, or he has mentioned that she, I, she was my first love. She was my first. I was her first. I'm like, bro, mm, that's not true. But nah, but nope. uh-huh. you believe it, and he holds that. So I mm-hmm. think that he wasn't prepared for how enticing Sansa would be.
0: I think that's and true.
1: And that was the only thing that threw a wrench in his whole plan. And I think that is going to be his wrench in his whole plan because he does not realize, for somebody who's so calculating, how obsessed he is with Sansa. Yeah. So I feel as if the opportunity came up to upset Lysa mm-hmm. and he t- he ran with it, but he didn't think that was going to happen from the get. Right.
0: I, I think, it, I, I haven't thought of this before the way you put it kind of made me get there but uh, I think I think he's because he's been so taken with her and it was so unexpected he's modified his plans to include her when he didn't have they weren't in the plans originally to, to, yeah. to do most of this stuff with her and you know things that happened in King's Landing kind of led him that to be possible with, with taking Sansa but but I guess I think he's endangered his plan, which I think was to kill Lysa all along and rule the Vale. He's endangered it by bringing Sansa into the mix, and he wants to now have his cake and eat it too. That's a really crude way to put that, but you know what I mean. Um, that that he can bring Sansa along for the ride and make that work also, in addition mm-hmm. to the whole Vale plan. And yeah, it's not. I don't think it's going to work out for him.
1: And you have to think back as far as Game of Thrones. Was Sansa, like, like when you think of Ned Stark, he hated Ned Stark. That's the person who took Catelyn Tully away from him. In the end, like, Brandon was gone. It went to Ned. Then he saw Sansa, yep. And all of a sudden, he made new plans. He's second he, chance. Here's my second chance. It's exactly. Like this is, like it, like the the high school jock that still hangs out outside of the the high school. Is is that what he is? Is he? Is he the, um, who, it's Matthew McConaughey? These you know, girls the get younger and I stay, I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> is that Peter Baelish? Is that Littlefinger? Is he that character?
0: He would he's never admit it. still obsessed. But he is. Obsessed
1: with Catelyn. Yes. That he's willing to go for her daughter and then lose sight of this whole energy and long game. Because this is, that's Littlefinger. He is in essence the long game he has learned everybody else and then this one 12 year old 13 year old has thrown a wrench in all of it and now he has to save her he has to double down on how to get her out of king's landing he has to double down on what's going on with joffrey and her like there's a lot of doubling down that he does if you think (laughs) that he's just gonna be this like selfish self-serving person that all of a sudden she pops in and he has to make all these arrangements for her
0: yes
2: but to his credit he can do it he's doing
1: it (laughs) i mean (laughs) we 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 don't
2: see it we don't see it right away but uh goes setting up this marriage thing and
0: yeah
2: yeah with harry the heir and all that uh, stuff and and he adjusts the the plan Oh man, awful. He's I read the uh, Winter Winter <laughs> sample chapter in prep for this one and what an awful guy. But you're
1: just, you're just disgusting. you And a... and
2: he, he he he's able to frame it though to be like I'm doing this for you Sansa. I'm going to give you the hot husband. He says this at the end of uh, feast. I'm going to give you the hot husband. I'm going to give you the eerie and I'm going to give you Winterfell, right? All three of those things not ever telling her that she's going to be a puppet uh but but, will she? but i i don't think i i think maybe he ends up being the puppet or, exactly because elaine is growing and advancing and i say elaine purposefully because it's kind of this identity that sansa has taken on herself has is growing and getting better and falling so naturally into this role to the point that it's almost scary how naturally she's falling yeah. into the role and uh Meanwhile, Littlefinger's still kinda stuck on her too. Even though he's still advancing his plots and everything, like you said, he would never admit it himself, but he's so stuck on her. Stick like Glukes, I'm stuck on you. Exactly.
1: Um, like yeah. I think she's also taking the Elaine persona as a way to learn. Because when you're lady Sansa, you can only learn as a lady. You're only supposed to learn lady skills but and as people a only
2: will stay say certain things around yeah, you right. and stuff you don't get someone's true self like Air, Harry the heir right. yes. um,
1: sorry i cut and you so off so she's getting there. she's getting everything she's getting the whole tea not just the cup she has the pot like mm-hmm. i love that that she's kind of like finally just accepted it in order to learn And it's beautiful
0: Oof. it's awesome i have it, a word of the day around this but i'm i'm now I'm now wondering if I used this word of the day already because my brain's shitty and would come up with this and probably did the first time through. <laughs> Baylicious is the word. Does that sound familiar? No. I don't think you've used it before. It does not. Well, then cue the <laughs> word of the day music. It's been a while. Word of the day! Yeah! Baylicious. A briefly minty, pleasing flavor accompanied by a forceful, exploratory tongue that results in a feeling of revulsion that is sometimes vomit-inducing. That's the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, and I revolted
3: real
2: hard. <laughs> and the revolting was hard and strong.
1: <laughs> and it was baylicious.
2: <laughs> you know... <laughs> Uh, I wanted to get into a nice chat about Sansa and her development, and kind of continue where we were, but I don't oh. know that I can anymore. Oh. <laughs> Why? Because it's not no, bablish um, enough. It's <laughs> little, very, very little is. I've
0: got some good very stuff
2: on that too, but um, on the growth. Yeah, let's go for I, it. Yeah, I love. Uh, I loved reading it through this time and catching the whole idea of snow, and Sansa and possibly foreshadowing the influence that she's going to have on the Vale, right? As soon as she gets there, snow was falling on the Eyrie, is the quote. You know, Sansa arrives, it starts snowing. Almost like this is the beginning of this stark influence in the Erie with Sansa. Mm. You know, I mean, George lobs us a softball with the phrase, it was a place of whites and blacks and grays.
1: That's what I was going to say, the colorways were immediately stark. From yeah. like when she wakes up in the morning, she walks out and it was just color, stark colors, dark oh, yeah. banner colors.
2: Whites, blacks, res- and she calls that. What's interesting, though, is it shows how kind of in conflict she is with herself because she says it's a pure world. Right after it talks about the whites and blacks and grays, it was a pure world. And then the next sentence, I do not belong here. Yeah.
1: Okay. That was one of my first quotes from this chapter because I'm like, you... There's this utter heartbreak for her. And I was, I literally, like, why do you feel this way, girl? Why are you, why do you no longer feel pure? And that Mm -hmm. was like a question. And then what is pure to Sansa? Like, these are things that I thought about. Like, is it because you're no longer yourself, Sansa Stark, because you have to play Elaine Stone? Or is it because of all the murder that just left right behind you? the trauma yeah you know like what what makes you no longer pure as a person that you feel you don't deserve to be in such a world which is in essence you and your childhood and it represents your family and your love in in Mm -hmm. all reality that's why i was like who hurt you what hurt you (laughs) oh i think so
2: much so much
1: and it's like, knowing that you're part of, um, you were part of a murder plot, or you actually were part of a murder. Um, is it the stuff with Dantos, knowing you're like, mm, I, that was me too. Uh, did, how deep does this trauma go for her, is that it's just, I am full on soiled? Like, you, are you still talking about your father? Are you thinking about your mother, your brother, your sister, brothers, your sister? Like, how deep is Sansa's trauma at this point? where she no longer feels that she should be in such a beautiful space.
0: She deserves that. I think it's all of it. I think any, any one of those things can be enough for a person to kind of break. Yeah. But in this case, she has all of them. She has, you know, this, maybe this sense inside that she betrayed her father by going to Cersei. Maybe this, you know, still hanging onto the wolf thing. Um, you know, and the, and the Joffrey, you know, defending Joffrey instead of her sister. Um, even guilt around staying alive people feel guilt about staying alive when 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 those close to them die um you know she was married even though it was completely against her will she might feel sullied in that respect even though you know they never consummated her anything, but still like she's still <laughs>
1: technically pure right by right. feudal standpoint like she's yes. not she's not or had she not a relationship feel, with anyone yes
0: right she just might but... not just all these things kind of come together, and then, you know, now pretending to be, a, to be a bastard as well, something that she used to look kind of down upon. Um, you know, I, I think all of these things make her feel not pure, but what I want to focus on is the fact that that even though she feels those things, she steps out into the snow. Even though she's like, I don't belong here, she goes. And that's growth, because she is a person that before, the Sansa of, you know, of before, would have been timid and afraid to go out into a situation that she didn't mm-hmm. didn't understand and didn't feel a part of and didn't know how to behave. And now she's admitting it and she's saying, fuck it, I'm going.
2: Yep, and it's beautiful. So much of A Song of Ice and Fire is about individuals kind of discovering and becoming who they are, right? Especially the Stark kids. It's them figuring out where they fit into this wide world outside of their pack. And Sansa's really trying to do that right now, even though there's this trauma and there's this immense sadness. Um, there's that quote, you guys know it too. I It's so poetic. I thought my song was beginning that day. Talking about when she left Winterfell, right? Tear, tear. But it was almost done. What we know now is that this is the beginning of Sansa's song. This right here with the snow falling on the Erie, this is almost the beginning of Sansa's real song okay. of her being able to recognize her place in this world outside of the Stark pack. Because I think a lot of her feelings does do revolve around her family still. Um, to the point that I'm so glad I took a look at that Winds of Winter sample chapter before we came on because... Okay, going back to that quote, a pure world, I do not belong here. Wins a winter sample chapter. Elaine loved it here, she says. She felt alive again for the first time since her father died.
1: Yes. Complete point A to point
2: B moment. Oh my
1: gosh. I think this is the start of her evolution. The start of her true growth. And sometimes you have to shed the pure world to get to the through the grittiness in order to become a more f- developed person, a more fleshed out person, they say that you go through immense hardship and growth, and you if you do, some people have a hard time with this, but I assume that Sansa's gonna really be able to take this and learn from it. Like when she was the twelve year old that went to King's Landing, she wasn't aware she was naive she was sheltered quite frankly being so far in the north that she didn't understand that there was anything past the beauty of the songs that there wasn't a grittiness and ugliness to this world when she walked into king's landing she was enamored with being a part of court That unlike Arya, who stepped outside of the walls of the Red Keep, didn't truly see the grittiness until things started going south for her. And I feel in that moment, she feels as low as she can, that there's only more room to move up with growth. And that's why like, sometimes people say, if you believe too much in purity, you'll never get anything past that. And so I really do feel this is her her moment to start her evolution. Like, this is her cocoon to become her butterfly.
0: But also, I, I, I like that she had to go back to her beginnings to do it. So so for, you know, most of her growing up life, she longed to be where the singers were in the South with the nights and the songs and all those things. And she got there and just like so many journeys, it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. And now she's tr- she's got to start from zero she's you know hit the old fight club rock bottom and and she starts with home she wants home so bad and that's th- this is what makes her you know some people think think of her as like less of a stark you know in some ways but like yeah. she isn't she she it just took her a minute to realize how stark she was and mm-hmm. she wants home so bad she's not scraping with her fingernails through the riverlands to get there like Arya is, but she wants it so bad, she built it in her dreams, and then she woke up to snow, and she built it with her hands, and she had to start there, and she may like it in the area now, Matt, but I think she i think she longs for home, just like all the Stark kids do.
2: I was going to ask you, ask you both about that, your thoughts on um, all the potential foreshadowing that we see with the Winterfell stuff because yes, she's she's making an impact in the Erie and it gets to the point where she freaking loves it there, she says. Um she felt alive in the Erie. But yet the Winterfell stuff, the language that's used there, her feet were soaked and cold, but she did not care. The castle was all that mattered, right? Um the courage that she finds within the walls of Winterfell. We already talked about that. Uh there is something special there it's almost like brand the builder how about sand the builder uh Sans
1: <laughs> wow. ain't going to build <laughs>
0: here here's i'll put it i'll put it in metaphorical terms for you sansa almost builds a snow knight but chooses not to and builds and, winterfell instead and you could see that as a metaphorical choice between the knights of the, the south the knights of her songs yeah mm-hmm. and and, and mm-hmm. her songs and and the northern life and and you can even maybe even apply it to that that eerie component of how much she likes it there yeah but she's going to choose to build build the castle eventually it's, yeah.
1: i also wanted to mention mattered. this is where her dad grew up yeah we forget that yeah. he was there as a what in learning from john aaron yeah Ward. she's mm-hmm. following in her father's footsteps she's learning in the veil. Vale. And she's gonna go back north, and become a badass. Like there's, we forget that she didn't have such a heavy connection with Edard, like Arya did. But she is doing what he did. He went when he was young to be a ward. He was with Jon Aaron in the Vale. She's in the same space. They mention it about like how lively it used to be when her dad and Robert Baratheon was were there. But she's learning in the same space that he learned, mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. similar Excellent. or more. It's a fun parallel. More, more, the actual Game of Thrones than Edard learned, but she's learning nonetheless in the same fashion that he did. So I yeah, believe that she's kind of doing a very stark thing without realizing it.
0: That's a good point. And and she's going to be, I hope, heavily influenced by a Baratheon while she's there, just like Ned was. <laughs> hey,
2: another cool point. Maya! But uh, here we get into some, I'm going to get into some Davos After Dark stuff, potentially. Oh, shit. But, um, yeah, here we go. As she contemplates the ruins of Winterfell after Robert gets uh, finishes up with his little tantrum, the snow had stopped and it was colder than before. Made me think of some serious others' language. You know, ruins of Winterfell, we've talked before about is there some sort of magic inherent in the Starks and in Winterfell itself that's helping to keep the others at bay besides just the wall? And if Winterfell falls, is it going to get colder than it was before? Are the others, is that going to facilitate the others um, coming south? Uh, But then this whole idea of here comes a giant to knock it down, as Robert says, and Sansa kills that giant. And even though Winterfell's kind of in ruins, she's able to, she puts the giant's head on a stick and slams it into the ground. It's kind of that idea of Sansa emerges victorious even amongst the ruins of Winterfell. And maybe she's the one that, the castle's still all that matters and she's the one that will rebuild it someday. I think maybe I'm I'm grasping here a little bit, but that could be some fun. That's a fun little headcanon for Sansa's potential to make a difference up north.
1: I think she will be the the light, I guess, in of Winterfell at the, the end of it all.
0: The Stark Winterfell. We
1: always talk about Jon Snow and how he is going to be what people prophecy, but what about Sansa? She is true Stark as much as he is. And she has every claim that he does, if not more, because she is Ned Stark's daughter. Like, does it go to her or would it go to john because of r plus l equals j um but i feel that that prophecy shows you that she's going to do what it takes to keep winterfell afloat or keep winterfell there regardless of how much damage it is she's gonna be Sansa's gonna rebuild
2: <laughs> sand the builder and maybe she's got to <laughs> recruit some less than savory help you know little finger helped her here and maybe uh maybe she's, she's gonna, gonna to... take
1: his assistance and then off him right after like i don't need you anymore yeah, bye just like
0: she
2: rejected him after the kiss yeah <laughs> i love it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: i love it i i hate speculating about the others and do they make it to winterfell or get stopped at the wall or I hate I hate speculating on that cuz it just feels like we know so little but but I could definitely see I could definitely see Sansa either being at the wall to help with that in some way and being being a, a force there or being kind of a last defense at Winterfell um but I could definitely see her being the Stark in Winterfell in the end
1: She's going to be needed yeah without sure. people realizing it I think since she does, she's making connections in the Vale, and they have yet to like, truly get involved in any war. I think that her presence when it is finally realized that she is Sansa Stark, I feel there's going to be this push by the houses in the Vale, especially like the Royces. These connections are deep. These first men marriages, these people were already having issues with Lysa for not stepping in with Rob. that they're going to feel like it's almost their whole purpose or they're almost, they feel pressured, well, not really pressured, they like feel allegiance to Sansa to finally show up for something. So be it some type of issues that they have up north with the Boltons or with even Stannis, or if it is the others, I feel that her connection and her being there as a way to build ties, just like Ned did, is gonna be so important for the survival of Winterfell.
0: Yeah, it's funny, Relationship. Manderly's yeah. got, got Davos going to look for Rickon on Skagos, and uh, it's Sans everyone's gonna want. Right, it's she's the one that's going yep. to be capable and able to do something, and John's not going to be—I don't think—interested. Um, it's it all all it all points at Sansa, right? Arya's—oh, okay. good point. Too distracted. I mean, it, it all points to Sansa being being the one in, in control there.
2: Bran's going to be installed in the tree. <laughs> He's going to become
1: part of that tree. Just. <laughs>
2: mean <laughs> rafted right in there
1: just enjoying his life roots yeah. and all
0: <laughs> i didn't read well uh i didn't read that that came out. <laughs> did you guys you, did you did either of you guys read the book that came out that was all over twitter a couple weeks ago no the one
2: about game of thrones it,
0: behind the scenes it was and about and game of thrones like but it yeah. had quotes in there from george about differences and people were taking victory laps. Is and,
1: this the one that everyone was like talking ma- miss about D&D and they're like you really just gave up?
0: Yeah. Is that the yes. one you are talking about? Yeah. I they're mean, like you really
1: kinda... you really just checked out about season 5 and we're like <laughs> we forgot about that. Is that the one?
0: Yes. Yep. But, but 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 a lot <laughs> a lot of came, a lot of stuff came out of that book and one of the things that came out of it I think was Oh man, spoilers here. I, I warned everybody. Uh I I think George confirmed that Bran will end up being king, which is weird, because I I too, i don't quote me on it because there were a lot mm-hmm. of things that came out from that book, but I feel like I, somebody was taking victory laps on that, and saying "see I told you," um, hmm. but I also think thought think he's going to be in the tree also so.
1: Uh, Gurm has this really good way of going, oops, never mind. So let's be very honest with each other. There's no way we can fully predict that because we have to remember how Game of Thrones started and like the whole like what's going with Arya and Jon and Tyrion. Like did we, we know he wrote something with a love yeah. triangle sure. and uh issues with joffrey and sansa and a pregnancy like let's not forget that
2: <laughs> we've uh we've we've hypothesized if like him seeing how the show ends if he doesn't just go like you know what i'm gonna totally throw these guys for a loop and i was gonna do it this way but now i'm completely changing it just because of this uh,
1: i wonder if reception is gonna affect his writing in yeah. whole in all all honesty like the yeah they're almost like beta readers
0: (laughs) (laughs) i really hope not for the sake of of his art i would hope that that's an impervious unchangeable you know direction (laughs) did you say direction or erection
1: he said direction but i heard erection because,
0: <laughs> because of course you both did because it might give you, you and i one Matt, but hopefully his it's more just artistic than that uh i just i just hope that it's not it's that that's a mutable thing that he 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 wouldn't ever compromise his art for something like that but but the how is so important and i think that even we we should move on from the show but but even if even if he delivered similar end points if he gets there in better ways then i think that will be palatable to people and that's what i've always said too is just it's it's not always there were times when i was very worried about getting spoiled by the show and didn't want it and talked about it a lot and was very worried and then eventually i got to the point where i knew it was just going to happen and i i just said you know what it doesn't matter because what matters is the story that george's telling and how these characters arrive at their destinations not what the destinations are and you know once you get to that point it's um it's more about just loving the story as it's told and i think if George sticks to his guns and tells the story the way he wants to, and takes yeah. his time and does it right, I think it'll all turn out okay.
1: Yeah, I remember doing a whole tweet when that show ended, and I was like, "My watch hasn't ended yet. Like, I still the, yeah. the books are still coming out. I still have podcasts to listen to, and I think I listed you guys, uh, Radio Westeros, and I think I forgot who the other one was. I'm trying to remember. Uh, oh, uh, Aziz. So it was um.
2: History West, of Astoros.
1: Yeah, so, like, I was well. like, I still listen to these people and the books aren't done yet, so here we go. I'm yep. um, I'm not worried about it.
0: But, oh. We're still here. We're still waiting. <laughs> I'm still ready.
1: Should we move still on? We think... I'm going to be 45 At... by the time those books come out. <laughs>
0: We'll be
2: podcasting while our grandkids are sleeping over at our house or whatever. Yeah. we'll put the grandkids to bed and podcast. We're going to be Dream doing Spring. instead of but Zoom,
1: we'll be like on um, what do they call it? Holograms,
2: holograms <laughs> from back we'll to be sitting in a holographic room all together. I'm going to put um, mine to look like. It seen, just
1: but... makes me think of freaking Star Wars.
2: <laughs> totally, like the Jedi Council room. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so at this point friends does it make sense to uh go to our get to know misa section two or yeah. do we keep just running with this whole chapter analysis and... uh
0: let's find some more out about Misa, and then we can do
2: some more <laughs> chapter analysis so let, let's pot let, yeah and then in the uh the final analysis we'll get to that big moment with lisa yes uh, which we haven't touched on yet so this will actually be perfect it's
0: it's kind of a good point because we, we we kind of did the first half of the chapter out in the yard then we can do the because chapter's kind of broken down into two, two, yep. two kind of sections.
2: So, so, Misa, tell us about how you found A Song of Ice and Fire. Everyone knows me in Scad's story by now, but uh, how did it come into your life?
1: Uh, good segue. I actually started with the television show. I got, into, I got into it about season two and found out it was based on a book series. Uh, I think a couple days into probably closer to the end of season two downloaded, purchased, and downloaded all five, and it became oh, just a huge portion of my life because it was my escape at the time. I was doing school and working, so I had to commute. So it was, like, on on the train to work, on the bus to, like, wherever. It just became any moment I could read it, I was engrossed in it. Yes. And then, then there was the confusion with freaking how to read feast dance and at the first at first i just read it the way the books were lined up in my kindle and then i had to go back and i was like oh these are all happening at the same time i i i knew there was something so familiar
0: (laughs) who does this
1: (laughs) who wrote this how dare he
0: (laughs) yeah i mean it's a it's kind of a common story right people that that Mm -hmm. saw the series and didn't know about it. it it's so weird that these books I mean, these were huge books before the show came out they were Bestsellers before the show came out, but so many people didn't know about them, including me. I mean, I, I'm so grateful for the day that Diddle's brought it up. I'm sorry, that's uh, what I used to call Brooke sometimes. Uh, that Brooke brought up the fact that these were books to me because I would have never, pro- I mean, maybe never found them, and wouldn't have, yep. you know, joined, you know, joined Same. this whole community. It's just crazy. Exactly. And
1: and I keep coming back for some reason.
0: <laughs> Glutton for punishment.
1: <laughs> I. God, am I? Jeez, we're sitting here. How many years deep after the last one, and we're still just clamoring as
0: to it's, figure out what
1: happens next. We're we're reading theories. We're on Reddit. We're on Twitter. We're reading other people's back and forth during a Song of Madness, and I'm just sitting here like, y'all. Okay. <laughs>
2: Here we still. Are. So so, what is I it mean, then?
0: What what do you think it is about these books that keeps you coming back? Why why is it so important to you? And if you would be so bold, why is it important? To besides all an all amazing other
1: escapism, but it also sits in in history as well. Like there's a reflection of our own history um, in these books. It's not just rooted in complete fantasy where nothing makes sense. There are very defined moments in world history that sit these books sit upon so i love um uh war stuff about like the war of the roses uh the faceless men are actually based on like a group of um i believe it's a group of people i forget where like there there's a guild that exists that the faceless Mm. men are based off of um just like the maps of westeros themselves you flip europe over a little bit and they're scooting everything about an inch or two and there you <laughs> okay. are
3: yep, yep.
1: um but it's the fandom that keeps me coming back it's everything that these people put their hearts and souls into when writing when doing podcasts um putting their theories out there maybe it's not the most researched but those tinfoils are so much fun <laughs>
2: Yeah. I'm glad and you people like just put
1: their heart into it it's not just right. and Gurren puts his heart into it yes but his this group of people this group of um, we're just a bunch of nerds and yeah. mostly accepting nerds so there's no like a gatekeeping when it comes to a Song of Ice and Fire nobody's like how dare you not know this theory that was written like back in 2007 you're stupid and you should never come back nobody's really like that it's pretty and rare so I, I, and mm-hmm.
0: people are pretty quick to jump on people that are gatekeeping usually i was
2: gonna say if if gatekeeping does come up i feel like it's squashed pretty quick so i mean yeah. it's cool I try
0: to i that came up quite a bit in song of madness recently this right. last year about
1: there was like uh like maybe like two or three people but man did they get squashed by the fandom so fast yeah it was right. like sorry you're basically gonna get blocked to the point that you might want to jump off twitter at this point <laughs> nobody wants to hear your nobody wants to hear your garbage take that elsewhere don't be so negative negative. and that's what i felt like it was like there's not a lot of negativity when it comes to this fandom there's healthy arguments yeah about who's a better character but nobody's nobody's out there trying to like make anybody's internet life an issue yeah because mm. of say i don't like x y or z or I don't agree with your thought on X, Y, and Z. It's I've, very like, all right, right, we'll leave it at that. You you like X, Y, and Z and I like A B C.
0: It's Done. I've I've often wondered why why this fandom is is that way and so engaged, the engagement component plus the, you know, seemingly open community. Because you know, I another series that I really like, The King Killer Chronicles, is also an unfinished work. Also has this same kind of time gap where people could be jumping in and doing all this similar kinds of stuff, and maybe I just haven't found it. I didn't look really, really hard, but I didn't find it. I didn't find you know a wiki that is ex- as expansive as as the Song of Ice and Fire wiki. Something about these books in particular and the nerds that love it uh, gives this fandom so much life and energy that I don't see even in other very similar veins of nerddom. It's interesting. Even even Tolkien, like, I, I, you don't, and I know it's much older, but, like, they are super fans of Tolkien, for sure. But they're not, maybe because it's settled, you know, and, and settled for a long time, but you don't see a lot of this, kind of, all the fan fiction and all the, you know, these, this huge community around it. Well, it's
2: just the sense of community that results from the fandom. Like, yeah. it's these... It's it's almost like if I stopped reading a Song of Ice and Fire at this point you all would still be my friends like yeah th- and you'd still be my favorite people to hang out with online and stuff like that and that it's gone so far past the books for me anyways and that's it's pretty special so
1: it's true like I I feel that this community and just engaging with you guys has built something that I didn't think would happen over the internet yeah. I didn't sit mm-hmm. here and think that I would have Two friends that don't even live in the same community as I do. But I talk to you guys at least once a week. If Or we like each other's posts Mm -hmm. because we think they're funny. Like, there's a connection that I never really imagined I would have in just the space of the internet. And in this community. Like, I've, you know... Nobody judges you in this community, especially, or a song of ice and fire coming in late in the game. Yeah, Like we're not sitting here. Nobody's sitting board. here and going, it's not 1990, whatever, when the first, when Game <laughs> of Thrones came out and you weren't a fan since then. How dare you? No one ho- how dares you in this community
3: yeah. at mm. all.
1: And yeah. it's since the, I believe maybe the reason why there's so much is because George isn't done. Like when you bring up Tolkien it's been done like the yeah. movies brought back this fervor mm-hmm. for like Lord of the Rings and like The Hobbit but it only brought back a spark whereas yeah. the books the series isn't done yet so there's so much opportunity for you to jump in at any time and the show maybe helps in 10-15 bring... years when he's not when he is done will there be as much fervor I think that's half the reason is because it's not done yet. And we all know it's not done yet. And he said maybe two, maybe three.
0: Yeah.
1: He doesn't know how much he information in that wonderful crazy mind of his he has <laughs> to put on paper.
0: Uh, <sighs> theory time, unproven theory, what's your favorite one?
1: Oh gosh. Do you want tin foil? Or do you just want ready unproven theory?
0: Whatever you want to bring, okay. Tinfoil.
1: Some of my favorites are the really like outlandish stuff, like Roose Bolton's a vampire, and uh, and Um, Varys is a mermaid. <laughs> Those are some, like like people? that one's
0: so have it's so ubiquitous, but I've never read it. I I don't even the know mermaid what the mermaid or the no, vampire one. The mermaid one, like I like. Oh, do it's I, don't even I, know I forget what it who wrote it. On.
1: It's so short. Yeah. It's so short, but it's just so funny because you're like plausible, maybe. <laughs> Especially the Roose Bolton one is just like the one where you're just like, yeah, that guy's kind of a vampire.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> he bathed. Is he like Dracula status? Is he bathed, like bathing? <laughs> like, where are we going? Is he bathing in blood? Is Edward. <laughs> I feel like the
0: proof for the for the Roose Bolton's vampire theory could have just been a gif of somebody going like, see. So, yeah.
1: Or the think... blinky guy, where you're just like, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so true. So
1: those are my favorite, like tin foily ones. Um, the ones that I think are probably gonna happen are definitely the involvement of Sansa in at the end. Like I do think she's gonna be the queen of something. Mm-hmm. Um, will it be Westeros completely, or will it be just the North? Is where I feel divided. Because you can say that maybe she is Cersei's undoing and she never thought of it. That Sansa would come back strong and take over Westeros. Like maybe it's not Bran. Or is she going to realize and re-identify with her true starkness and say, nah, I'm sick of y'all. I'm going to continue Rob, Rob's legacy and make sure that the North is just the North. Like we're going to take whatever we can from, am I going to take the veil. Am I going to just take from, you know, her mom's seat and just go all the way up from the neck? Like, where are we going to go with this? That's always the question. So, and then Danny, I just, <sighs> I don't want her to be the other side of the coin when they talk about Tar- the flip of the Targaryens. I really mm-hmm. don't want her to be the Mad Queen. I don't. I love her so much. And just because I have this, um, there's always this, like, Affinity I have being a soci... Like, somebody who's a sociologist. Like, she's trying to abolish something that we identify is abhorrent. Like, this it's slavery. We don't, as a society, agree with slavery. The way it's being done... Some people will say, like, there's a means to the end. That's why, like, Slaver's Bay is so affluent. And that's why they did it. But when you believe that doing like labor on the backs of others or making money on the backs of others is so reprehensible. And to see somebody trying to make a change, you want to root for them so much. And so I have such this affinity to her. And then I love Masande. She's one of my probably like third or like she's one of my favorite secondary characters because she is so pure and innocent and she's just trying to survive. And she found, Danny, like her brother, and Sully, her moved up the ranks with language and learning, and she just serendipitously is attached to Danny. So, like my affinity to the two of them makes me want to think that when she, if she finally does get to Westeros, that it's gonna be more positive than negative. I'm hoping.
2: Right. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, Miss Sande is that anchor for her to that purity too.
0: Mm-hmm. And Yes.
2: Both in what she sees from Miss Sande and the way she treats Miss Sande too. Mm-hmm. You know, the little the little cuddles and Yeah. I always feel like they're like
1: a sister bond or like mm-hmm. a mommy daughter totally. bond. Though. Totally.
2: Big sister bond, but, yeah, but for it's, sure. It's
0: weird too, because I feel like Miss Sande, even though you know, despite her youth, she brings Danny some wisdom that Danny doesn't
1: have. Yes. From and being, I having don't... to grow up so quickly, yeah. from being a, being a slave. Yeah. Like, you have to grow up and gain knowledge faster than anybody else does because you have to figure out where you fit in society. And luckily, she was lucky enough to be learned. She was lucky enough to be quick, a lingu- linguist, yes. to be able to move her way up. And she, But she also understands the plight of others in mm-hmm. the same situation she was. Right. So I'm like, oh, I love her. I love her so much.
0: Miss for the Iron Throne. Who is the worst Lannister sibling, and why is it Jamie?
1: It's Jamie because he pushed Bran out a freaking window. How dare you! That's how. That's what it was, uh, Like that's why we don't like Jamie. I think my whole f Jamie during A Song of Madness had was just about. Pushing Bran out of a window, like I was like, I think I was like, screw Jamie. He pushed Bran out the window. You know what that means? You know what that means? We have him to thank for the Mad King, because in some weird time loop, he goes back and messes with everything and causes everything else and makes the madness. So I was like, so it's Jamie's fault. At the end of the day, it's not Bran's fault. It's Jamie's fault. <laughs> we
0: talked you know about that funny, a little though, bit it's... in our What episode
2: in our what if episode yeah. yeah but it's like we we just say that and you said it and we've all said it before just because he pushed a kid out a window <laughs> it's like this <laughs> shouldn't be a jest yeah. like that's 100% reason <laughs> i just really not like, be there. <laughs> like i don't just, even
3: need that the... <laughs> like, i
0: hate, I hate the happened. guy for so many things more than
2: just that than just pushing brand, yeah. But, <laughs> but
1: the fact that it started. But they're with all him. terrible. <laughs> but honestly, who's the worst? See, I think all of the Lannisters, except for me, Jenna. Jenna's my favorite. <laughs> She's the best Lannister. Yeah, yeah. She literally went up to Jaime and was like, basically, like, you suck. You suck. Your sister sucks. Uh, there's a reason why your dad doesn't suck. And your brother kind of only sucks. But you and your sister, you <laughs> both suck. Or with like, you're basic. Yeah. You're basic.
2: <laughs> you're basic. They're all so broken. That's the problem. They're all just so broken. They are. I mean,
1: but... Cersei, we already talked about why I don't like Cersei. And it's not that I don't, I, It's a love-hate relationship with Cersei, because she's, she cray. She's full-on cray. She's went off the deep end. Mm-hmm. Um. But Tyrion, Tyrion is in this weird cycle right now. And I think that was another thing I joked about in A Song of Madness was like, bro, you're a rapist. Like, there's no way around it. You Mm -hmm. murdered somebody out of anger and spite to your own father. Like, she was just working. And so this kind of goes back to like my my areas of interest for research, but she was working. Right. You forgot who she was. She didn't. Yeah. She was just making her a coin. She
2: was just Yep.
1: And you she was murdered she her. Was surviving. You mm-hmm. murdered her and then went to another continent and knew there wasn't consent involved with a sex worker and did what you did anyways and you self-loathingly yep. but you still did it so that's that but makes Tyrion it even more it, all, it made it worse the, yeah. the
0: self-loathing made it worse somehow it, i mean uncomfortable because he be, well, it, well there's there's something i mean it's barbarous either way but there's something to be said for somebody like what brand does to hodor that is doing something awful and doesn't know it's awful it's still awful and we need to judge them for it But Tyrion has so much self-loathing about it because he knows how awful it is and still does it. And so it makes it worse. that's exactly why.
1: There's just like this, when you're reading it, there's the like red flag, like what do they, what do people joke? I made a scarf with all the red flags that popped up for you. Um, (laughs) But there's just this energy of, or this self-loathing while he, like, you know she doesn't want it. You ad- fully admit to it that she you're not in, you know she's not. Even though she is a slave, there's no consent. Just because she's a sex, sex worker, there was no consent involved in this exchange. And you know it. And you're angry at yourself for her n- like, there was this weird reflection. Like, I forget how she puts it, but it was just like, I know she's disgusted by me and I know she doesn't want to do it, but I'm still doing it. That yeah. just there's, affected me so much. And like, you cheer for him of... in like the first two, three books.
0: Yeah. There's a sense of, I think people kind of, some people let Tyrion skate. And maybe I was even guilty. There's a sense of the people let him skate a little bit for, for especially for that second thing that second scene you're talking about. And I think maybe I even did a little bit with the language I used the first time we covered it. Because technically, legally, he's in he's in bounds. And people write that off. They're like, well, you know, he didn't do anything wrong in their society. But like, dude knows it's wrong. He knows it's wrong. There's no consent here. There's no willingness. You are you are taking advantage and hurting this person and you know you're doing it. And so throw the legality out. Who cares? It's, it's rape.
1: It's the um, so, yep. paying customer. Like uh, we, as a society, love to say the customer's always right, mm. and
0: yeah, he
1: he knows it's wrong though, which yes. frustrates me to no end. I mean, yeah. you cheer for him through freaking. Game of Thrones, a cock, a sauce, like you're like, yeah, I'm there with you. Take those people down. But as soon as he loses power, he loses his understanding of the world. He's just angry at it. And I know and I respect that when you lose so much, you have every right to kind of live in this deep hole because you are trying to figure out your place in life but the fact that he takes this rage out on two women is what kind of bothers me the most. Yeah. And that's why he's, I'm like that's why I have my issues with Tyrion.
0: He yep. is and all the all the Lannister kids frankly are are victims um of their father and are passing yep. are passing their experiences on to new victims, which is Exactly. Uh, yep. just they make Thanks Tywin, you so the victims. Yep
2: you keep tie winning boy
1: even Uh, off the chamber pot you tie winning (laughs) (laughs) He don't shit gold
0: (laughs) should we move on to chapter analysis section 2
2: yeah speaking of like people who are damaged and stuff let's go into (laughs)
0: let's go into Lysa great segue (laughs) Lysa how
2: she's uh... doing she starts off pretty calm. Um, she says she, when she first calls Sansa into the throne room or into the Great Hall, she says that she'll not be hard on Sansa. She mentions bringing in a, a whipping girl, I guess, and stuff to take the take the whips for. Um, do you think that's true, though? Would, or was she planning on uh, flying off the handle regardless?
1: Oh, absolutely. About to fly off the handle regardless. They talk about immediately that she is like, three cups to the wind and has all this makeup on to cover up the fact that she is red in the face like from Mm -hmm. like the get when she like walks in she's like i could see all the paint i'm trying to figure out where the um where the quote is she basically talks about about all the paint on her yes so she's trying to cover up that she's already angry and drunk
2: so, she, what she's trying to do is trying to get Sansa to admit to something so that she can make her feel safe enough to admit to something. Well, so her that she can into then... a
1: sense of security. But, exactly but what she Lyca's doesn't trying
0: to really, do. though. But she she's doesn't, trying. though. Like, she doesn't fuck around at all. Like, she immediately goes into the kiss. Like, immediately. Well, I, doesn't she? I think there's like. There's this
1: like... energy, like, where she's like trying to sit here and. Maybe, I don't know if she's trying to project power because she's doing it in the high hall. But she's also trying, like, there's, like, who are you putting this charade up for? Like, why are you wearing makeup? Why are you doing it in the high hall? Like, there's all these key things that Sansa already knows are in place that make this sound bad. But I don't know if Lysa understands that Sansa would pick up on these things so quickly that's my question cuz i don't think lisa's
2: yeah i don't think she does there. and lisa yeah Lysa, Lysa has a much higher opinion of herself and and what she's capable of doing and uh, capable of manipulating people than she actually has so that's a big part of it as well she's convinced herself that she can twist sansa's arm and do whatever she wants to do and really you know uh, she can't whether from the alcohol um, she's obviously inebriated but also a lot of a lot of the the emotional stuff that she's holding on to
0: yeah so. i was gonna say i mean lisa sucks i don't want to say she doesn't suck because she <laughs> sucks but she's a she's a victim too she's been a victim for decades and it's hard to yeah remember that sometimes. she <laughs> probably saw that happen in the in in the garden in the snow it was a complete wreck cried all day which is why I think her cheeks are are having so much makeup to deal with the fact that she's been grieving all afternoon and probably alternating between grief and rage and all sorts of other after getting what steps she finally of, wanted right and right and having it torn torn away from her again um you know and by it cat. drudges up yeah that's by exactly what again. it is it is it drudges up cat all this 2.0. And so she drinks. She p- puts on makeup, try to make herself look prettier, to try to compete, you know, with her sister, uh, sister niece. Um, she's going through all these mental gymnastics to try to make this situation palatable or, or redeemable or something that she can control, um, you know. And and in the end, what she lands on is got to murder this bitch. And yeah. I think that's the only reason she chose the high hall, frankly. Her goal from was for the minute one was the moon door.
1: Oh, yeah. And... But she goes through, I mean, number one.
0: in that conversation, in that conversation, she goes through denial about, you know, why would Peter chase you? She, she goes through pain and guilt, uh, the memories of Kat and Peter, the abortion that happens. She goes through anger and bargaining, talking about going easy on Sansa, um, the whipping boy that you mentioned. Um, she gets angry and... accuses her of having no honor she goes through depressive episodes and that's where it stops she doesn't ever get to the recovering components of you know the stages of grief but you know she goes straight to anger and and tries to murder but but there's just a lot a lot emotionally and psychologically going on oh my gosh
2: yeah i mean we sometimes forget this woman lost was it five children in addition to the abortion yep five children stillborn five. And I mean, the, the toll that that takes someone, her father said, I ought to thank the gods that so great. A Lord as John Aaron was willing to take you soiled.
3: Ugh. It's
2: like that mother effer right there. That, and and I get that the fathers were fathers at that time, but man, can you imagine the toll that that just takes on somebody Yeah, emotionally? And, uh, for that long holding on to the grief for that long and then finally having a son and recognizing how weak and sickly he is but just wanting to hold on to that as tightly as you can because you've already lost six others or whatever it is and nothing in your life has gone the way that you dreamed or wanted it to go nothing even as the lady of the eerie
0: until until nothing. now when she gets
2: until you finally got your peter Baelish. right and then there he is kissing the daughter of the woman who you have your whole life been trailing in the footsteps of been jealous of and it's awful
0: yeah yeah i mean can you it's hard to imagine because you go through all these years and you try to put aside that conflict and then there she is a visual representation of that conflict right in front of you And the man you've pinned all your hopes on is there choosing her over you when he's already supposedly chosen you through marriage. Now chosen her again over you. That's heartbreaking. Yeah.
1: It's a harsh reality. It's your most hated rival incarnate right there in front of you stealing your man again.
0: Yeah, and... It points also to, you know, the fact that Lysa is is basically living a lie, right? I mean, she's living this reality, thinking it's real, but Peter's heart has always been cats, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, she's probably held this lie deep down, buried, knowing it's true for her entire life. And now she's seeing it play acted in front of her in the snow in a beautiful scene, beautiful vignette.
2: Yeah, and it's not like, I mean, she's she's in denial in the sense that she's kind of trying to blame this on Sansa. But she knows, her eyes don't lie to her. She saw this all go down. So she saw that it was Littlefinger initiating the kiss. He, she saw that it was Sansa pulling away. She may have heard the conversation back and forth. I don't know how close she was or if the sound carried, but she knows that it was Peter. And, but she, she just can't accept it. She can't. It is. It's pretty heartbreaking when you look at it. It really is. I feel
1: like there's some like female intuition. Like at one point, Lysa knew Catelyn's gone. She's dead. She's not buried. But she no longer exists, so she thought she had Peter. This was like the final, like, end-all, be-all. This was going to be us, the two of us. There's no competition anymore. And then you see from your balcony the man that you've loved, the man that you allowed to take your virginity, uh, and also father a son with, is outside your balcony window kissing your niece. Who looks just like your sister. Just the heartbreak and the gut punch. Yeah. And then knowing full well it's never going to be you. I think deep down she has an inkling. Like she understands her position with Peter Baelish.
0: Yeah. I think you're right too, but but also psychologically the specter the specter of cat hangs over it and is playing with her I mean look, Lysa has been manipulated. For, as Matt, I think, was saying, I think, <laughs> for much of her life. And, you know, the specter of Cat, even dead reaching beyond the grave to manipulate her life is triggering her psychologically, right? And so there's a lot going on here for her. And, and you know, you got to remember Lysa, <laughs> when, when all of this went down, when, when all this started this is a girl that fell in love at nine years old. She consummated that love, at least from her end, at ten. She had an abortion at eleven, was married away later at sixteen or seventeen to to a very old man in in his eighties or seventies at least, I think. I don't remember the exact age of John Aaron at the time. But she still pined away after Peter at that time. She had her first child in the end at twenty-six, the that was not aborted and frankly I think Misa maybe just mentioned it. it's probably Peter's and, and not Jer- John's um, and John had stillborns previously also but and there's maybe that timeline seems a little weird I mean falling in love at 9, consummating at 10 abortion at 11 that's very early I mean medically that's early
1: what the hell germ
2: yeah I, I, I wonder if, if that was a misstep on his part could be he miscounted his years or something i i often try not to blame it on germ but i don't know that one just seems like whew. but you're right blame the years it match up. on the germ the, the years match up
0: you don't have to Did cover you your laughs vanilla- you, you Did can you just laugh vanilla- when 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 the scab brings the humor matt just laughs you
1: can just laugh
0: it's fine <laughs> it's I a natural like thing
1: this. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> haven't you guys noticed i always obviously cover my own mouth every time i laugh <laughs> <laughs> then you just millie vanillied me
0: i did i did it and that's that's Cue just how music. this goes <laughs> Let's, listen <Cue> the music <laughs> listen this is, uh, is, is cute music man we should at least i mean for Vili, for millie Vanilli. We should cue the music because they would. We should risk it because we they would. Risk it. They would cue the music. They did. Exactly. That's they got true. those
1: Grammys taken. We back. should
0: risk. We should that risk being true. caught, Matt. To cue the music in this moment. Yeah, I mean,
2: we've got some Patreon money we could throw at
3: him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's really early, uh, but uh, regardless of like. You know, Peter was young, too, and drunk, and she, I mean, look, she took advantage of him that night. Like, she, I don't know rape is the right word. I mean, oh, it's very confusing at the very like it age. Consent, like, yeah, it, it lacks consent. Yeah, lacks consent, at least, for sure. And then it oh, is assault. Yeah. That is...
1: And in, current, in current, current situation, if you cannot give consent or if you're under the influence, it is not considered consent. So it is sexual assault. It is rape.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, okay. There's, Sorry, Lysa. Yeah, yeah. So we're saying Lysa, that says, Lysa
2: sexually assaulted slash raped John or Peter Baelish.
0: Yeah, and whatever you want to say about her, after that, she so that that action was terrible. But whatever you want to say about that action being terrible, after that, she suffered basically sixteen years of. Abuse may be strong. I mean, she she was forced into abo- manipulation, certainly. Sure. Abortion. She was forced into marriage. She psychological miscarried. Abuse. Psychological abuse, all sorts of things that led her to a place where she's basically fabricating, fabricating a world where Peter loves her and that she's now happy with this child that she's finally been able to have, and here comes this specter from her past coming into wreck it. And yeah, it, I mean, it triggers her. For I know that's a dangerous word these days, but it triggers her into a response. It does, mm-hmm. and it must this is It Bring her are. back
1: to eleven-year-old self of full-on disdain and, and and vitriol hatred towards everyone that was involved with keeping them apart. Like he he says it. He admits to it. She admits to it that it he thought it was cat when they first had sex um then hoster you know just calling out tansy his whole the rest of his like (laughs) time when he's with cat and um river Run, like Mm -hmm. he's just he's just he knows he did something wrong and on his deathbed he is going on and on about the fact that he forced his daughter to abort a child and everything after you mean know, like he probably f- felt responsible for everything she went through after but that's like an afterthought and so she's the one living it she's the one that has to deal with everything she's the one that got she, let's be real she got screwed over psychologically Absolutely. physically big time emotionally just everything for a well-rounded person how would anybody be able to come back from that like all these things that people did to you and then are we really questioning your Robert Aaron is uh possibly Peter Baelish's in this
0: <laughs> are we really questioning uh I mean I think it's a question um Do, are
1: mm-hmm. we are we going on the affirmative on this one
0: my opinion is that he is I I don't I don't know that we have affirmation we don't have anything
1: I was like um, we're just tinfoiling it out here huh
2: I'm I'm gonna just be contrary to be contrary and say no it's John Aaron's kid
1: and I'm gonna play I the said. middle ground because I think there's on both sides you have like an older man who's trying to have kids with somebody and there's a more the what did they say the percentages are higher with having issues with somebody who is older being the sperm being older yeah, um, right but they also said that Peter was a sickly child as well if I remember correctly or he was like a small child
0: yep. He was.
1: So, uh-huh. so Gurm gave it both ways.
0: That's barely the middle ah. ground, but if, if guitar is taken and drums are taken, I'll take lead vocal, and I'll just say, yeah, for sure. I'm falling it out. I mean, they tell you that John Aaron had all these miscarriages, not just to say that he had no other heirs, but to lay the foundation for the fact that he's not going to have a healthy child. And Lysa had, eh, healthy is a stretch, but she had a safe-born child that lived. And I think... Gurm frequently leaves these trails in order to tell us something. It's not his kid. It's Peter's.
2: There's something to it. There's something to it, especially with him being kind of small and sickly like Peter was as a kid. But like Misa said, the uh, just, you know, you play the percentages sometimes <laughs> and maybe he ended up having a kid. He was able to do it, even though the, like Misa said, John Aaron's old; the sperm's not quite as strong, and so you'll have a less healthy child potentially. But I don't know.
0: Maybe it's Vardis Egan's. <laughs> i will sure with that. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> do, do you guys? Do you guys? What do you think of, of Sansa going to the Moon Door? So she's being dragged, right? I mean, we read it in the summary. She's being dragged, pushed, prodded toward the moon door, and she kind of—I mean, Lysa's much heavier than she is—pushes her there. But like
1: two to three stones. That two to three stone
0: is what it says. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: But she, but Sansa also has what I what I have called some pretty awful instincts. That she She's like, if I just do what she says, she'll let me go, and actually unlocks the door herself.
1: I think Sansa thought it was an intimidation tactic. I really think... I agree with you. She does not have any sense of people yet. She's starting to learn, but she's brand new. She is a novice, and she thought this was just going to be an intimidation tactic, like from the get. Like, oh, who came to get me? Marillion. Uh great. Uh, can you go now? That was kind of her attitude with him from the get. She's like, can you go now? I don't need you. He's like, oh, well, he, she told me to come get you. Okay, I have to go with this guy. That's a rapey bastard. (laughs) And so we're not going to her solar. We're not going to her sitting room. We are going to the high hall, which has not been used since, I guess, it hadn't been used in a very long time. So, and then everything, where she was sitting, where Lysa was sitting, the fact that it was double barred. It was barred from the outside, as well as barred from the inside by Merillion. So I thought, I think for her, a 13-year-old girl, she's probably like, okay, this woman's just trying to intimidate me, I don't really know what's going on, but if I play along enough, she won't do anything serious. She's not going to kill me, she needs me, she's not going to beat me, she's not, I don't think being thrown out the moon door was something that was on Sansa's mind at all.
0: Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty, my friend, as Chevy Chase <laughs> says in Dirty Work, Uh <laughs> A classic film that everyone should go watch by norm Macdonald, but uh and so it's it's easy for me to say it i guess but like what does she think they're gonna do when they unlock the moon door not open it not throw something outside
2: let me not directly answer your question scott <laughs> um I was just thinking about how Sansa has had it rough since she came to King's landing, but at the same time, she's always had that quote unquote hero. Who's been able to come in mm. and, and save her a little bit, whether it's Sandra Clegane, uh, whether it's Dantos, whether it's even Tyrion, right? Um, the Tyrells sort of ish. They kind of were there for, her, but then abandoned her after the red wedding, uh, and even Peter getting her out of King's Landing. And so in her, she's always had kind of a safety net, almost someone she can rely on. And in the chapter, I think it's the chapter prior to this one. uh, Sansa has this chat with Lysa that's a little weird and she's a little like, it's a little awkward, just the two of them talking, but she leaves it kind of feeling like, okay, this might, this might be all right. Mm. Like this might be okay. She's, lice is not how i expected or not how i remembered but i think we can work together type of thing mm. so Good i think there was there was still kind of a sense of security that she felt um i agree with misa that you know i don't think she ever imagined that her flying out of the moon door would ever be a possibility but you know you're right scad like at what point do you uh wonder okay the moon door is open my aunt is visibly drunk and very upset
1: how much do you tempt fate right
2: yeah right yep
0: well okay you guys i mean you've convinced me mostly i guess but it's like what's 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 the punishment for tempting fate compared to not
1: doing anything
2: <laughs> and and where's she gonna go? She's got Rapy Barillion no, in the room. Yeah, she doesn't and have a lot of the doors are barred. I get that. And it's like she can run around the high hall and hide behind all the columns and stuff. But I just like how lay flat. That game? Like, like a
0: starfish. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, it's it's fair. She doesn't have a lot of options. I I don't mean to blame her necessarily. Just yeah, it, it's I get it. it's her POV, and we don't get much mm-hmm. indicating that she thinks she's in danger.
1: I, I liked think it's something only like that. when she gets like that shoulder push, like yes. the push in the back where she like freaks out and it's like
0: Between oh, her shoulder this, blades, it says, yeah. This yeah.
1: might happen. This Yeah. She 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 has a foot out the door. Yes. One they foot say, slides and past th- the door. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, maybe maybe this is where she this is this is the last chapter. Do we lose Sansa? Like I think my first read through I mean... was like <laughs>
3: Oh
2: god. Eddard, Eddard <laughs> died. Nothing is out of the range of possibility. That's true. It's
0: and that's but, yeah.
2: The, oh those man. are the stakes you he feel gave that us. though in your throat, don't you? Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. That the part about the shoulder blades, like you feel mm. that. And uh-huh. yeah. did you
1: did your like sh- did your shoulders like push back and you're like oh god like you almost felt somebody touching you there you're just like
2: I'm like I'm. I'm reaching out for something to grab onto. Like, oh.
1: <laughs> looking for somebody's auburn hair because that's what she reaches for is Lysa's hair nah. she's like don't do it if you're going i'm going to, you're you're gonna come with Your me girl
2: to grab
0: how amazing that would have yes. been if they had both gone tumbling out the door what like a wonderful she falls and just like the hair just pulls down just like rips her ass over tea kettle out with her amazing <laughs> amazing
2: Amazing. So let me ask you, let me ask you this. If Peter doesn't show up to save the day, would Lysa have gone through with it? Do you think she would have pushed Sansa out the moon door?
1: Yes. Yes. Because you can tell she's not in the right state of mind and it would never, She. I don't think she would ever be in the right state of mind if Sansa was there. Like my little Sansan is, they always, she keeps <laughs> talking about it. They keep explaining her as, cat reborn the even more beautiful she has the telly look about her and lisa would never feel safe with sansa there ever ever and i feel that if peter hadn't walked Mm. in Merillion is culpable he was so willing he was getting everything he wanted from Lysa. he was getting john aaron's falcons belts armor you name it he he had it good (sighs) you think he was gonna say no if she if like, oh, please, or like, what is it, Willy Wonka? Please, no, stop.
2: Please, stop, <laughs> don't. No, stop, yeah. don't. Like,
1: yeah. yeah, no, he's 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 strumming along in the corner. He was the one who barred the door. He was the one who got her. He knew what was going on. It, even if it didn't as, go as far, he was fine with whatever happened. It didn't affect him. So I mm-hmm. think full well that Sansa might have actually got pushed out the moon door.
0: I, I agree with Misa one hundred percent. Uh, Lysa is not in a good headspace. I don't think she was considering any sort of long term effects. Only protecting her Peter, uh, and her her ownership of Peter. Uh. Re- remove the threat. I, I don't think she I don't think she was hesitating at all.
3: Oh
2: man, that's a what if episode, man. Something to keep in mind. Yeah, I don't know. What if Lysa had been able to push Sansa out the Moon Door before Peter got there? It's
0: an interesting what episode because, well, we don't need to go into it here too far, but we don't know what happens to Sansa anyway yet, and so. Sure. What ifing about we it?
2: We have is... one sample chapter. No, we've got some Elaine stuff. Yeah, I guess, we have a little bit. Yeah. Very little. Yeah. Little bit. A feast for crows did happen, Matt. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Jeez. So so. In that moment, Peter comes in, her knight in shining armor. <laughs> uh, did he decide in that moment that he was going to kill Lysa? Like, what was going through his mind? Was Like, did he have it planned all along to eventually throw Lysa out the moon door the way he did? Or is this kind of like, oh, this is my opportunity. I got to save Sansa. And Lysa's right there. Marillion's the only guy in the room. Think fast. She's going. This is This is happening.
1: I don't yeah. think Lysa was ever gonna make it outside of a sauce. Like something was gonna happen. If Gurm didn't write it this way, it was it was gonna be Peter doing it some way. He yeah. he has a plan. Mm-hmm. As as chaos he as he is, like or he's basically chaos incarnate, but as much as he plans and he plays the long game. And I don't think with all the things that he had to do prior with Lysa, all the things he had her do prior he was never she was such a wild card that he knew had to get rid of her and i don't think he probably stood in that doorway for a hot second and assessed the situation and thought like had a thought process i don't think because they say he like kind of slowly walks in the door it's not like you don't hear him so if you didn't hear him the whole way i think he was probably peeking perusing trying to figure out what was going on first and seeing who was in the room not like whoa 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 no hold up (laughs) no not at all because I mean if it went as far as it did where Sansa lost a shoe you -hmm. know he could have stepped in a couple seconds earlier if he heard commotion or knew what was going on so I think he was kind of in the wings going who's in here okay what's going on think 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 10 seconds all right let me slowly walk in the door and see what's going on fully he knew he had Lysa there he had Marillion he was planning it like okay I know if I if anything happens I know who to blame I got this I
0: agree with most of that. I think I mostly agree with Misa, but not entirely. I I think he he may have not rushed to not want, want to not want to seem like he was rushed, but I think seeing what he saw when he came in, he would not have been delaying primarily because he is infatuated with Sansa slash cat, and that I think his primary goal, his primary motivation in this scene is saving Zansa. Not necessarily killing Kat. However, we I think we talked about it earlier Lysa. when killing we were killing Lysa? Sorry, did I say cat? Yeah. I mean whatever. <laughs> How dare same 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 difference.
1: Same same you know, difference.
0: Whatever. They're very different. But kill kill the
1: girl, not kill the boy.
0: Kill, kill them all. <laughs> Who cares? That's a good Metallica album. Metallica. Yeah. But um gifted me on vinyl. By Matt, um, but uh, Christmas kiss left here. Doesn't have a record player, not yet. He's got he's still his first not record. Listen, not yet. COVID hit, and I had plans. Uh, anyway, I I think his primary motivation, as soon as he saw the scene, was holy shit! I got to save Sansa. I a am in love with her, and b uh, have plans for her. Uh, so I don't think he probably dilly dallied about it. No shilly shallying, no ballyhoo. But um, but. I do think he had plan. We talked about this already in the when we were talking about the snow stuff and and his willingness to just be, you know, very straightforward about making out with with this girl in the in the courtyard where everyone could see. I don't think he's afraid of cat or afraid of Lysa. I think he knows that he can control her, and I think he's planning to kill her for sure. This opportunity, as soon as Sansa gets clear, this opportunity is clear and present to him and I don't think he hesitates a whole lot other than can I get a good enough shove to get her out the door uh I don't think he's holding holding back a whole lot I I think as soon as he saw the opportunity and as soon as Sansa was clear he had his moment and he took it um that's where I am
2: Yeah, one thing I almost admire about Baelish, and obviously we don't get a POV, so I can't confirm the veracity of this or the validity of this, but it seems like, you know, Misa called him Chaos Incarnate. Mm. He has these overarching plans, but he's not like a micromanager in terms of planning out each step. It's almost like I've got this big plan, and then wait for the opportunity to come and to move my plan forward and then take it. And he thinks fast, and he probably went... You know, he probably sat there long enough to assess the situation of I got Marillion here. I got I can blame him. Um, gotta get Sansa Sansa safe. Okay, the moon door's right there. She's right there. I gotta push her this hard to get her out the door type thing. And then it's it's go time. Yeah. right. And meanwhile, while he's thinking this, he's so dang smart that this is his wheels are spinning as he's talking to Lysa, as he's calming her down, he's probably thinking about all of this. And
0: yeah. but it, but it's also not just intelligence, it's preparation. Peter has been gaslighting Sansa forever. For, and Lysa. Sorry. God. My name. Take Sansa, a breath,
1: Sansa a little bit. Like, <laughs> she's getting there. She like. is. He, I was
0: he gonna is, say there's he is. She gaslighting. He's, he's getting, he uses, she's
1: definitely, definitely doing.
0: He's got a bucket of tools and he uses them on everybody, right? But what I meant was Lysa. He's been gaslighting Lysa for a long time. And yeah. and now he knows when he comes upon this scene he knows that all he has to do is talk to her and it was exactly which buttons to push you should trust me better he says after all these storms we've been through there's no history which makes him kissing sansa okay no what we've been through that makes his actions okay in this moment right Mm -hmm. that in what he did but he knows that he can just push certain buttons And get her to look at him instead of, you know, Mm. dealing with Sansa. They can get her attention. She is immediately on the defensive. As soon as he comes in the room and and breaks her concentration, she lets go and she's scattered and he's in control. The second he comes in, he's in control. Mm -hmm. Because he's been setting this up literally for decades. Literally for decades to control her in this way.
2: Yeah, he says uh, he says to Sansa in a prior chapter that the key is to know somebody, know what what is it, know what they want, yes. and then you can start to use them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he knows exactly what Lysa wants. He knows exactly what buttons to push. And he thinks I I think he thinks he knows that about Sansa, and maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't quite know her as well as he thinks he does.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's the whole theory about Sansa, right? Is that She's going to be his undoing, and he won't—he won't see it coming. Whereas he right, thinks he sees everything coming, but he doesn't see this coming.
2: See because the curveball that makes her different from Kat and Lysa is that she's got some Stark in her. She's got old Daddy Edard coursing through her veins. That sounded kind of bad.
1: <laughs> uh, um, I retract that <laughs> statement. Paternity, yes yes eddard stark is is her her father father. (laughs) did you go did you go vader luke skywalker i need to go like splash
2: some water on my face or (laughs) something
1: (laughs) i was gonna also say that um i don't think peter can dictate or understand what sansa wants because sansa still doesn't know yet because she's playing Elaine yeah. stone and hiding her starkness. That when that starkness comes out, will he be prepared for that? I don't think he will. When she finally like takes back who she truly is. Or at least blends all the knowledge that she learns to become true adult self. Or like pre-adult right. self Sansa. He thinks he knows King, little King's Landing girl the little new new girl who came to town and was, like, excited about knights and jousting and, like, summer and sweet songs and being in Maegor's whole fast. Like, that's not going to be her anymore. And I don't think he's mentally prepared for that. He's mentally prepared for the summer child. Yeah. not a yeah. woman of winter.
2: And he can marry her off to Harry and that- make promises about Winterfell and then everything will be great and he continues on with his plans
3: yeah
0: with cat 2.0 peter is a user and he thinks he's sure. going to use her just like he uses everyone else even though he has well he probably wants to use her in some different ways sorry <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah he does. but 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 he's Bay-listing. he's going to use her as Bay-licious. a tool as well Malicious, baylishious uh and and, and so I don't, you're right. It, it's almost like he's holding, he's holding a hammer and he thinks he's holding, you know, a jackhammer or it's a, it's a similar tool, but it's not exactly what he thinks he has. And it has some surprises for him. Right. And this, this he's not holding his own tool. It's a, it's someone else is holding Peter's, Peter's tool, Peter's tool. It's a jackhammer. It's a Peter that's jackhammering. <laughs> Peter's Holy holding shit. Peter's Peter. He, <laughs> he's, there's Peter's Peter and a jackhammer and a hammer and a tool. Um,
1: it's like using the wrong side of a. I think you're. <laughs> I think you're thinking of like the, using the wrong side of the hammer. Like one sure. side is to pull out the there nail. The other one is to punch the nail in. And he's using it the wrong way.
0: And we're all for pounding and pulling out. <laughs> at Davos' fingers. Uh,
1: well. In the snow. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: what you do. I'm just oh, saying. That sounds awful. I think he thinks awful. he can use her and he doesn't yet understand what she is, which I think is the same thing that you were saying. Um, yes. But yeah. his usage of Lysa has been manicured and perfected over decades. Mm-hmm. And it's ev- as evidenced by the fact that he convinced her to poison John Aaron. Poison her husband. with God. no, With no sort of ethical you know punishment on his end. He doesn't feel any sort of
1: no guilt, no restraint
0: remorse. or guilt or anything for having her do this. And it's kind of how he is in all of his relationships. What how can I use this person to get what I need?
2: What is that psychologically when you're just like you have no empathy, no regard for ethics or morals or anything that you can I just I think
0: it's psychotic, isn't it? It's
1: I thought, I forget if it's a sociopath or somebody oh, see yeah. He, I don't know if anybody is in psychology or psychologist that follows the cast. Oh, someone. I I would. I think he has
0: thousands of listeners.
1: I think he has antisocial personality disorder, which Mm. is the manipulation factor. But you also have no connection with if it's good, like moral. Like you're charming and you're amazing and you're convincing. And until you get what you need and and then it's just like this no holds bar of how terrible you are. So I think that is that's what I would think it is from my few few classes in psychology.
2: <laughs> we we, uh, armchair psychologists
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: We do that all
2: the time. Me, so course. there will be there will be someone uh, who listens to this podcast who will. Shouts, Without please. a doubt, correct us, and please that's let us just know. great. We just, we just expected at this point. We, we Remember have the one archery
1: psych- one? Oh wait,
2: <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah,
3: Sam, Sam, she just like
2: flies in. She's like, guess what? Guess what? I know exactly how it is to fire an arrow in the rain. We're like, all right, that's because turns out Sam. I've competed in tournaments since <laughs> yeah. I was seven years old. Yeah. Shouts and, to Sam. Yeah. She, yeah, I love finding out about these things yes. in the Calisar. Everyone day. has them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, do you? Well, we do, well, hold on. I, I, I. Well, I spoiled the reveal about. about I was about to say, I was Lysa. like, um,
1: how, shall we go back to that?
0: How did how did that hit you is the question? Because it's just like in a paragraph. Tears, tears. Yeah, you told me to use the tears on John Aaron. Like oh my God, then she just last keeps five
2: Yeah, she just throws it in, and you're in the middle of this really intense situation that you're trying to come down from anyways. Like, Sansa's finally safe, and you're still kind of catching your breath from the fact that Sansa's not one foot out the moon door. And then all of a sudden, this mystery that's been put on the back burner for two books is all of a sudden right back into it, and it's super jarring, right?
0: I, I have it right here if you want me to read it.
1: It's the record scratch because I listened to this on Audible as well. And it's like that. Do they record scratch on the audible? I I, I did personally. My head went (laughs) real fast. And I was just like, wait, I'm sorry. Did I just hear that correctly? And then I like read it. And I was on I was on um, public (laughs) transportation when I read it and I'm pretty sure somebody thought I was crazy because my head snapped. I was just like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) <laughs> just happened because you're reading and you're reading. Like you said, you're so concerned about Sansa that all of a sudden she just throws. She just, it's like just this regurgitation or just this like word vomit that she does that you're reading. Yeah. Well, Scad,
0: read it, man. Just read it. Do, do it. Do it. do it. Do it. Do it. I'll just, I'll do the the little bit of lead in from Peter. I know love and I'm here. All you need to do is take my hand. Come on. There's no cause for all these tears, 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 tears. No need for tears, but that's not what you said in King's Landing. You told me to put the tears in John's wine, and I did, for Robert and for us. <gasps> Skirt. What?
1: <laughs> Sorry, I have
0: to recover. It's my Lysa. That was
1: okay? so intense, uh, but it was gorgeous. Read
2: thanks i feel that this past 20 minutes is the most sympathetic anyone has ever been for lisa for
1: okay. sure
0: she's still psychotic thing... but still she's still a psychotic rapist matt like i'm, I'm not coming on <laughs> her already side called or anything her a rapist. but she's been manipulated basically her whole life
2: yeah so i'm not saying that we're wrong and uh, yeah I just think I, I'd have never heard someone be as sympathetic towards Lysa as the three of us have been. Well, we're and more enlightened that's than it. most people. That's an imp- <laughs> that's an important side to 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 explore. You guys, we are super important to this fandom. Um, we are
1: This is my introduction into the fandom and this is I'm Lisa's getting an first A plus. <laughs>
2: This is not your. Introduction she is to the breaking film. Been around
1: she,
2: Misa is last. coming in like a wrecking ball.
1: Excuse me, like are you trying to that. compare me to Miley Cyrus? Is
0: that who sang that song?
1: Yes. I don't, I don't do
0: any sort of new music, and by new, I mean 2008. Yeah. Oh, we talked
1: about this. <laughs> the Doctor Strange stuck in the time loop.
0: Yeah. I don't do. I don't do. I don't do new things of any kind. And, it, and I think past two thousand one is really tough for me.
1: This yeah. is why we talked about in sync earlier.
0: Yeah.
2: God must have spent a little more time on your both. And meatloaf.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Only cat though.
1: Oh. Only boom. Iconic. Punch iconic. in the gut as she gets pushed out the door.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I or mean, he if... can't just push her.
1: Like, <laughs> you gotta give her as, to her she... good.
2: As she's falling out, you're like, "Oh, sorry." So at least as she's falling, she thinks it's an accident. No, he's like, "You're about to be a bug splatter on the floor of the Erie," and I'm gonna, you're gonna be a, a pretty miserable one.
0: Bug I splatter. just imagine Listen, it's down.
1: like, "Girl, bye." <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but here's the thing, and I know I know it's it's a silly, stupid little thing because she's dead either way. But it's. It's so Peter to have to he wreck to her it. existence for the force he wreck her
2: existence.
0: Right? Yeah. I will he had to you. ruin the fragile. I mean, I guess the push might have done it anyway. But, like, he had to wreck any semblance of any reality of happiness she had by saying it was always, only, ever cat.
1: I just, just think of Drago, I will break you.
0: I, will, I must break you. <laughs> I must break you. <laughs> nice,
2: you see, nice pole, he's a
0: man. Yeah. He's not a machine.
2: <laughs> nice pull, both of you. Jeez,
1: Listen, I can song. go all
2: night on Rocky Four. You really <laughs> could. It's like,
1: like I'm going to ruin you before you yeah.
2: die. Yeah. Oh. Why? Thanks. It's awful.
1: Unnecessary, it's awful. but let's do this. Just push. It's
0: her, more and selfishness. Get done
2: with what? Yeah, it's more selfishness. Is what it is. It's cathartic for him. It yeah. was. The it's other thing for
0: him. maybe it's also George just trying to give something to the reader, perhaps
1: for funsies. Okay, okay. just because
0: <laughs> it's it's so good, it's, it's so iconic. iconic it is. Like, an he an knew line. Line. and he knew
1: it would he knew be. It would he be. knew it would be. Yeah. yeah. But also, Sansa's in there hearing everything. Yeah. She now knows every yeah. dirty detail about the situation, and an extra push to remind everybody and to remind Sansa that. I was in love with your mom, never hit her sister. So I'm looking at you, kid, like, you're next, baby. Kay. Hey, pretty mama. Oh, very, John- oh, very Johnny oh, Bravo. <laughs> like, hey, oh, pre- hey pretty, pretty just mama. Like, ah, <laughs> just like, quivering. Like, okay, like, you're next. like the, the Johnny <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> like, very Johnny Bravo. Like, hey, pretty mama. Like, that's the hey, vibe that he is, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like- <laughs> and you're next. Just <laughs> <laughs> Like and that can go two ways. It's Sansa gonna be ruined, or is he just like obsessed with Sansa? Like, hey, pretty mama. Both. It was always it was it was always your mama. Now it's gonna be you.
0: But here, <laughs> here's what I want to say about this because now I have a lot of I have a lot of a lot of baggage on on the Sansa train in the fandom a little bit. Nobody ooh, cares ooh. my opinions about Sansa really, but I feel like people judge me about my early opinions of Sansa. And I love Sansa. I love her arc. I love where she's headed. I feel like George has done that all deliberately. And I love it. But the chapters we've seen since this imply some trust of Peter that she simply should not have after viewing what he did here. And I hope that she turns that shit around on him. And I hope that I'm forgetting some things that I've read that imply that she doesn't trust him so much. But she should be at attention and at, you know, status red every time he's around and every time he's making a choice and every time he's doing anything. Because the way she sees that he's manipulated Lysa, she should see that as a sign. In fact, he told her to look for those exact kind of signs. And if.
1: So you feel like she's not learning. Uh, she should no. or she's not learning at the tier that she should be
0: I think it's complicated for better or worse this is the mentor she's, she has and she, he's the one teaching her the game but at some point the person learning chess has to realize that they're supposed to beat their master the the, the Sith apprentice has to destroy the Sith and train their own apprentice and Sansa needs to see that sooner rather than later and if she's gonna really be a player, she really needs to not trust this guy because he is the player.
2: I, I, I. As I reviewed those chapters, I didn't, I didn't pick it up. Although it, it doesn't never explicitly states that she's like I'm all in with Peter, or if she's not in with Peter, I inferred from it that she saw him as a, kind of a mentor of sor- sorts in a way that I can learn something from this guy. Yeah. He, I can learn something he from him. He did just save her life. He's, yes. he's, <laughs> like, he saved my life. It's, he's been successful. Yeah. Obviously, I'm worth keeping around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm just a smaller version of my mother, maybe. But it's almost like she starts to learn that she can use those things. And she's almost, whether she's planned it or not, she's... At least how I pick it up in the later chapters, she's staying almost a step ahead of him mm. in her mind. That's good. Um, I, I feel like... Uh, The Sith example was a good one. I was on this road trip I was on a couple months ago. I was listening to the audiobook of Revenge of the Sith, which is one of the best Star Wars books out there. The Revenge of the Sith audiobook or book is just primo Star Wars. Because you don't get the
0: extra spinning lightsaber battles where they're spinning Uh, needlessly like – twirling the lightsabers inches from each other's bodies. You don't You're literally like lightsaber one batons. inch from me. Just slice one down into my chest.
2: <laughs> That's not cool though. It's not cool. Uh, and it talks about how Dooku never like trusted Palpatine, but Dooku saw this path of greater power. Mm-hmm. And he knew that Palpatine could be the person to teach him that. Mm-hmm. And so he followed Palpatine as an apprentice Full, never intending. I think that's the way every Sith works. As that's said, every that's Sith comes in as an apprentice, knowing is that, that eventually how Christopher Lee got over. the bent fingers. Is that <clears> where he <throat> learned it? That's part of the lessons. The bent fingers. Okay, the, the, like Palpatine's like. Okay, hold out your hands. Yes. Yeah. Now do this. <laughs> like no, you have arthritis. Like these, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He. They. They actually put it's little like part of it's part of the benefits, benefits package,
0: Arthritic them. hands.
2: Yeah. You. You wear them like. Like special gloves, and you have to wear them for certain hours a day, so that your fingers eventually just become that way. What are those shoes the poor Ugh, like girls this? in Asia used to have to wear? Yeah, I don't it talk just about eventually it. like deformed them. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Rocks, I think they're called.
1: Yeah. So. I, are you talking? Wait. Are you talking about? Like, I don't when think they she's a full-on to, like-
2: Sansa disciple. Sorry.
1: <laughs> like when they tied shoes or blocks in her. Yes, that's what he's talking yeah. For the shape, I was like those
0: things that's, I, that's disgusting i i'm a white we're middle really, class we're, really like, we're really I'm cultured we're really cultured
2: i'm it. a white middle class american male i've you know i've had to fight a lot to get to where i am in life <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're so privileged and we don't even know it <laughs> it's just like <laughs> oh my god uh,
2: I was, okay, You this is a little bit of a tangent. One of the best comedy things I've ever seen in my whole life, Scott, I can't remember if I've talked to you about it, is Bumping Mics on Netflix. You have
0: mentioned this before. I don't remember what it is now, but you've mentioned it.
2: Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster General guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dave Attell, old school comedian, one of my favorite comedians. Um, And it's the two of them together just doing kind of like improv comedy shows Mm -hmm. riffing off each other and stuff. And oh my gosh, you guys, it is, it's three episodes. It's a, they recorded a three night stand, a Friday night, a Saturday night, a Sunday night. And it is, I just die. I've watched it prob all three episodes, probably five times through. It's so funny. And Matt, where can Um, you find this gem? It's on Netflix. Okay. I will look look up bumping mics. Um, as you can imagine, there's definitely some very, very crude humor when anytime you have Jeff Ross and David Tell together. But I know that SCAD has certain sensibilities. Very. But they talk about uh, at one point, they bring up Amy Schumer on stage, and she's like, You know, I'm just really happy to see two white males finally getting their shot to be something.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anyways um speaking of white males uh... <laughs> there's lots of them in this series so let's words. do not don't don't,
1: don't, don't how, do how,
2: how do we feel about Marillion um taking the fall for this thing? You feel bad for him? I no. mean, does he deserve this? <laughs> For those that can't see, which is all of you except Skad and I, Misa just leaned into her mic, said no, and then
0: backed up.
1: (laughs) Crossed my arms and everything.
0: King of the forest. (laughs) Queen of the forest. Nope. I feel like it's one of those. Go ahead.
1: Oh, no. I was just going to say it's a nope just because of the fact that he's disgusting and rapey. Yeah. Uh, Do I, like, should he have. I mean, he's in the room, he's culpable. He's just as bad as anybody else because he led. He led and blocked Sansa from getting out in any way. He locked the door. He played his the song to make sure that the sound was blocked. Like, he didn't do it, but I don't feel bad. That's my thing. Like, I know, mm-hmm. like, at the end, what mm-hmm. did they say? A means to an end, and that's a terrible way to put it. But for how he treated Sansa when he thought she was bastard born, now it comes out that he probably found out that it's not... The, like, who Sansa is in this whole situation. Then, on top of that, he's done it to other people. Like, they say in the chapter yeah. that, like, Lysa had sent people away, men and women, mm-hmm. um, for talking bad about him. Which means he's an issue. He is a sexual predator and a rapist. So, do I feel bad that he was set up for murder? Really. not really
2: your sense of justice is satiated here yeah, yeah a
1: little bit but like morally it's bad like he didn't do it but the fact that he right. did all the he was involved in all these other things doesn't knowing full well he would have never gotten in trouble for those things because he had lisa protecting him that i don't really feel that bad that he was set up for this
0: yeah it's yeah. one of those things for... where it's maybe i wouldn't have been the one pointing the finger and like calling it out and and pointing it out and being like, that guy! But I would have been the Homer guy, like, receding into the bushes. You know, like, in one of Lisa's memes. Oh, yeah. where, where, where I'm just like, I'm not gonna stop this from happening. Right. I, you know, like, I don't hate this.
1: We're very, it's sunny, I mean, like, when they, the whole episode where they have, the, the gang finds, like, uh, drugs off the back of a van, it's like, The mobsters are like, you may or may not have found a certain set of speakers that may or may not have come off a certain truck. So I'm sitting here telling you what to do. Like, we would have been like, we may or may not have seen Marillion do it. We're not saying for sure that he did. But he was in the room. And the only other person that was in the room that we saw go in was, like, Elaine. So... You yeah, can't believe, sh- and look, she yeah. lost a shoe. We don't know what happened. I mean, it may, yeah. mm, very shrug, like, I wouldn't have said it wasn't him, but I might have inferred that it was most likely him, yeah. type thing. <laughs>
0: yeah, also, we don't really know what happens to Marillion. Uh, we, we know that in, oh, in the next book, mysteries. Sansa hears him playing songs from the sky okay. cells, and then mysteriously, he kind of stops, I think, playing playing music, uh, or or at least... Sansa stops hearing him play music, um, Mm -hmm. which means he could have finally succumbed to the Sky Cells, or it means potentially he's still out there and made a deal of some sort to do something. And I don't think we know more than that. But But how
1: would he have gotten out with Peter Baelish in charge?
0: Only by making a deal with Peter Baelish to sing a certain song about, I don't know what, Something that he made a Lysa song? Just, all, all, something. <laughs> a yeah, cat I song? Mean, it would be weird it's because a... supposedly he's the one that killed her, right? And so letting him go means that those in the household know that the supposed killer of Lysa is now free.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But he could have let him out in secrets and sent him down with, you know, with Maya Stone or something
1: true and that's very true snuck him out and... which
0: seems super oh, yeah um, looks like he peter baelishy though oh no like, that's yeah. so peter
1: baelishy let's so discourse and chaos yeah <laughs> <Da-da-da-da>. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I, who knows i don't know it, it just I, I don't remember even the details now i feel unprepared but I, I feel it felt it felt to me like something untoward was going on with the way that was phrased when she stopped hearing the music
2: yeah it and it's that same thing of with any other death in a song of ice and fire that my my believability point that someone's actually dead is seeing their head on a spike. And that's And even then, how in I know. case. But, and even then, what if it's been tarred over and it's yeah. unrecognizable? Right. So I I really don't know. But
1: the only other I thing I could think <clears throat> of it was you know when you start getting used to a sound, you no longer pay attention to yeah. it or hear it. That That's was the only true. other thing I could think of of like Sansa was hearing it repeatedly and it was bothering her oh. but finally it, you kind of get used to the sound. It's like a people like say about water droplets. Yeah. When you're somewhere like you 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 pay attention then to them because they're really bothering you, but at some point your mind knows when to switch and, and you thing. no longer pay attention or hear it. So I didn't know if he, maybe he's still there.
0: For Sansa she's no
1: longer there, hearing
0: it. For Sansa's character, it's actually a lovely metaphor. For someone that's been say, so that's obsessed symbolic. with the songs. Um yeah. you know, that she can no longer hear them is interesting. This, uh, yeah, that
2: she's not hearing the song and her heart stealing against yeah, uh, she's getting that that she's, she's becoming a realist. Heart. She's no longer and, yeah. you know, longing for whereas, fantasy and song. Yeah. Yeah, whereas Robert Aaron, little young Robert Aaron missing his mother, he still hears the song.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So
2: Hmm. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah,
1: I was like, that sounds like something like just a normal person would do. You're like, it's like when a neighbor has like a party. After a while, you just don't pay attention to it anymore. Or you right. go ask for a plate. <laughs> yeah, what I either? just <laughs> can go
0: knock on the door.
1: Soon. Someday.
0: Someday. Are we ready for sign-offs? Let's finish
2: this oh, thing. Gosh. We've been going at this thing for a long time. Hours. It's yeah, not what she said. I mean,
3: Days I feel like it's been. At least she would be three into weeks, it though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right who's gonna go first uh,
2: I, I can go first but um you know Sansa I'm just channeling my inner Natasha Bedingfield and I just want you to drench yourself in words unspoken live your life with arms wide open today girl is where your book begins and the rest is still unwritten
0: <laughs> I just want to say that any man telling a woman to Talk drench that. herself just doesn't sound right but natasha's saying it okay. it's coming right. out of my well, mouth right. and Natasha's <laughs> a words. a woman wrote it her. okay all right. all right all right it's maybe let go it, of may... the patriarchy you know, maybe it's a little bit inappropriate whoever's saying it telling someone to do that nothing was as inappropriate as daddy eddard <laughs> that's fair, fair <laughs> my sign-off quote khalasar is referencing the beginning of the episode fog
1: pocket yum <laughs> Damn it, Fog Pocket. Fog Pocket. <laughs> is that our new band name? Because I thought it was Salination Squad. So are we all now Fog- changing it to Fog Pocket? Fog Pocket. That's, That's gonna be the, the first, first album. <laughs> album. Okay, okay. Fog, 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 Fog. Fog Okay. This is Misa signing off saying thanks everyone for listening to my episode with you guys. And dear Sansa, girl, you gotta learn. You gotta learn, but you gotta learn fast
0: very fast timely advice yes thanks everybody for listening misa thanks for joining us it was a thanks. pleasure yeah, this was a blast even twice this was a blast mm.
1: ladies <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> good
2: night everybody hey, everybody
3: bye bye.
0: welcome everyone to double's fingers episode 104 snow castles with misa I'm Scatty, and with us, as always, is my buddy Matt, and with hey, us hey, hey, for the first oh. time, Matt. Oh, gosh. With us for the first time, Matt. Should we run it back? Yeah, let's do it We one more time. never run it back. We're going to run it back from Visa. Um, Stop I'm I'll, I'll do... so
1: nervous.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, uh, Um. side note, my thesis or... I'm torn between two. One's, one's a little R-rated. The other one is actually about um, gender and race racial representation in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So,
0: oh, wow. Okay. Really? So that's
1: kind of... I was like, I'm a geek through and through, I guess, because oh, pop culture is one of my emphasis.
0: Man, that's interesting. <laughs> I'd love to pick your brain on that. I feel like Marvel like gave it a shot, but like too late, you know? Like, I was... feel
1: that... Um... Disney is trying with Marvel and I give it to Favreau but the amount of pushback that the general public has given uh, gender bending or people call it race bending of Mm -hmm. characters has really been eye-opening for a lot of production I think. Pretty disappointing. They didn't realize how much pushback there would be from the fandom which oh, is man. kind of what I'm going to be talking about. Oh, oh, I, I don't know if you guys are going to probably going to cut this out because if anybody's um, children here, uh, my other thesis <laughs> is about uh, sex work in during the pandemic. So wow. Uh, wow. OnlyFans and how um, yeah. strippers are utilizing cam work now to make money because you can't go to the strip club during a pandemic. So yeah. it's kind of like the evolution and the fortitude and the ingenuity that women or and men in sex work have to apply in order to can maintain some type of income because uh, most of them are independent contractors, so you can't have insurance, you can't have a lot of things, it yeah, so affects true. your rent, it affects your mortgages because, I mean, some men and women make a good amount of money, but now you're backed up on mortgage payments because you're not making any money.
0: Right. Yep. So yeah that, both, that's both, of those, both of those both of those yeah are either fascinating way <laughs> topics i mean <laughs> link us up <laughs> there was we're, we're gonna go into the the whole scandal that happened oh, i've forgotten her name with now. bella Thorne, yeah bella Thorne, yes
1: because that uh, affected um income for a lot of for women lots of them because yeah. or I shouldn't say women, a lot of people that use the service of OnlyFans. Right. Because it affected how much you could be tipped. It could have. It affected how it got to your bank account or how long it took. You know, bills are bills. You They come like clockwork. You still have to pay them regardless. And a lot of people, I don't know how it is in Salt Lake City or in Utah in general, like a lot of states aren't assisting very much in these regards. California and San Francisco, it's a little different. But you read about other states and you see how difficult it is for a working person to stay afloat.
0: Yeah, and work is work. (laughs) It's all working people, and uh, man, it's uh, it's it's one of those areas of the economy that I don't think people think too much about regularly. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah,
1: they are definitely like a forgotten group, even though we talk we. Forget the we pandemic. Don't talk just them regularly, about them frequently, yeah, but they exactly. are used very frequently.
2: Yes. Yeah, it's. It, they're not talked about as if it's a profession, right? Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Still, it's talked about in a negative way usually. Yes. So. Yeah. Anyways, both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> way to go might, dip, dip, dip might, it low real fast. <laughs> that might go to the outtakes, but I think it'll go in there. <laughs> The outtakes are some people's favorite parts of our
0: episodes. Sometimes, <laughs> though. Sorry, I
1: do, I do like steak. My bad. I, I, I respect yeah. vegans. I do. I respect. But bring you. on the
2: cow. <laughs>
1: Can I have a medium rare steak, please? <laughs>
2: Put it down my gullet. That's what Gobble, okay. gobble.
0: <laughs> but
1: uh, uh, <laughs> Merton Pearson, Collins. Uh, the Frankfurt School, the Frank- you can look those up on wiki and get the gists of it. Okay. Uh, if you really want to get deep, you start with Weber, Marx, and Durkheim. These are just Taking names. Taking notes, everybody.
0: And... Yeah. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> just <laughs> names. Look,
1: next episode, I I'm going to ask Marx. you guys about these. <laughs> That's, uh... Marx, Marx is like usually the brothers, where people mean? start. The
0: br- yeah, hmm? the brothers. The, the Marx Brothers. brothers. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. Carl. Carl. <laughs>
1: Um <laughs> You can oh,
0: golly.
3: T-
1: <laughs> Who else what other brothers are really famous the Wright brothers?
0: Uh, oh yeah, is that yes, the Yes, <laughs> the Parker brothers, they make games. Oh, uh, who else? The Get Down brothers? Ooh. Yeah, The Get Down, now that was a series that had too so, too quick. I wanted Wait. more of oh,
1: that. Oh, it hurt. That yeah. hurt.
0: I've gone back and watched that final
2: scene of season one where they throw down. Oh, the, it's so the, good. Oh, I watched that like in the ten alley? times. Yeah. It's so <laughs> yes. good. I just go back and like, I go to the final episode on Netflix and just fast forward to the end and just watch it. Just sit there and smile like an idiot. And again, Mylene, rem-
1: Mylene, my butterscotch queen. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> Lee that's her name. I forget
0: all the names, that's but the, name. sh- <laughs> the stuff they were doing with her in the second season was really, I mean, the second season was downhill from the first. They were like going they deep. But she, mm-hmm. they were doing some good stuff with her and her music was fantastic. I was really excited to see what they went with it. But anyway. it
1: was just they ran out of money anyway. and then the director yeah. wanted to do go back to doing movies. Right. That was really like the essence of it.
0: Yeah. I think Netflix said, well, Boz isn't interested unless we pay him a bunch more money and we don't want to pay more money and we don't want to do it without Boz so, or Baz. Yeah. Baz Lerman. But yeah, it's too yeah. bad. It's a great series get down yeah check it out i, mean,
1: if you haven't. I don't really oh. see anyone else out of it except just with justice smith the the guy who plays the main character right
0: yeah
2: and he's then... done some stuff pikachu and uh he was detective jurassic. pikachu jurassic and jurassic
1: world, world.
0: world. yeah yeah
1: that's right yeah some big it was popcorn films but i'm yeah, trying to think of any of the Frank other some good money you know actors that were in the show
0: you know who's doing a lot of stuff is is cadillac um the the guy that the like the oh yeah the, he is
2: um, the guy that's in son. charge of
0: the of the uh, disco club
2: yeah yeah he's, he was on like greatest showman yeah, yeah.
0: he's in greatest showman he, he was the one of the main villains in Aquaman he's he's doing lots of stuff that's oh, right yeah Yeah.
1: that's right and then um the guy who plays Shaolin fantastic he does I think a lot of voiceover work yeah. Mm. Uh, no because i okay you guys better take this out but i always think when people say deep i think ice cube
0: (laughs) (laughs) you think ice cube
1: (laughs) you know you (laughs) you know the lyrics matt
0: yeah i
2: do
0: (laughs) uh ice cube do you know that's that's
1: uh... do you know the? okay take this out i'm asking (laughs) <laughs> you but he raps so deep so deep put her ass to so sleep yep. <laughs>
2: oh, <geez>. wow <laughs> it's, it's 90s hip-hop for you <laughs> especially ice cubes I'm, I'm glad it's evolved i
1: guess <laughs> not really no no has it though i don't know uh, well, some so of it—the uh, underground stuff—has probably gotten a little better, but right. Right. here, no, that's different story. We, we're here for *A Song of Ice and Fire*. That's not about hip-hop. <laughs>
0: I'm well. Uh... I'm trying to just in my head, just wonder what kind of drugs he's using to put her ass to sleep, but.
1: <laughs> uh, but do you, I? I guess I should define it's this for drug. you. I don't. It's not
0: true. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Joke.
1: I, I you can't. know, if
2: you if you hit something repeatedly, Scott, you can put it to sleep. I think I get it.
0: I think I was yeah. kidding. All right. We're All gonna right. get
1: through this at some point, right?
0: <laughs> Hello, here's my cat. Would you like to pet him?
1: <laughs>
0: Wait, That's it's an inside story neither of you would get. I don't know why I told it. I
1: was just like, I was like, you have a cat.
0: No, it was...
1: One, oh, even better.
0: <laughs> one year I went as Gargamel and I shaved like the middle of my head and just like oh, left the sides. I remember sides. When you were Gargamel. And I yeah. put Azrael, and a I stuffed cat, in. on my shoulder and I knocked on a door, or our neighbor's door who was having a party in addition to ours, and like joined the two parties. That's why I told that. Oh, that's a
1: beautiful story. story. <laughs> that
2: is really beautiful. Didn't yeah, even win best costume so awesome <laughs> year.
0: Shaving my head. What? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, who it did? Happens. And what did?
0: Oh, I don't remember. I've had like twelve of them. I don't remember. Oh, that's uh, so cool. Yeah, I don't that's remember. So cool. <laughs> we stopped when we kinda of when we had kids it was like, uh, we're not doing these anymore.
1: Oh. Freaking Lisa, poor girl. Your daddy uh. tells you mean things, your boyfriend tells you mean things, your husband's kinda of mean <laughs> to you too.